Welcome to Hot Takes, everybody. It is I, Vaporwave DJ Young Shiro, and Vaporwave artist, musician, and DJ Skeleton Lipstick. Hello. Hi. We created this show called Hot Takes. It's a talk show. Uh, it's not quite a podcast. It's not quite an interview show. It's just a show where we get to get together with the community and chat about all things Vaporwave and Vapor Adjacent, get to know each other and our tastes and art and music. We want to thank everybody for being here, all our new uh attendees all of our regulars all of our mods and all the people that help us create the show thank you so much for being here tonight and if you're not we still love you there's still time we've got a very special guest for you tonight a data girl or data girl however you want to pronounce it joining us tonight we've been wanting to have data girl on for a very very long time she's incredibly skilled and has recently oh video drums rating thank you video drum uh data girl's been playing shows for a very very long time been making music uh, a very integral part of the um, Orange County scene, a la Pacific Plaza. And um, it's been a long time coming. So we can't wait to, to, to dig in. I'm stuttering already. To dig in and figure out what Data Girl likes, dislikes, and, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, just a reminder, guys, uh, keep it clean. Uh, punching up is absolutely fine. In fact, we encourage it. Just no punching down. Um, if you use emotes, they will show up on screen. If you type in any of these following commands that I'm going to type in, they do things like exclamation point follow allows you to follow our socials, exclamation point skelly allows you to follow skelly's socials, exclamation point shiro allows you to follow my socials, exclamation point, let's see, Spotify takes you to our Spotify playlists. I did not spell Spotify correctly. You get it. Uh, We've got a lot of special playlists that have been curated from previous members along with a... Uh, a running um, official hot take Spotify playlist. Uh, uh, exclamation point Discord. Jump in our Discord server. It's a lot of fun. Um, we we talk. We have serious discussions about books, music, uh, video games, um, films. We uh, we we talk shit about food. Just whatever. Each other. It's fun. Jump in. Thanks for all the compliments on my shirt, by the way, guys. And then finally, uh, exclamation point donate if you feel so led. You can donate to the show. Just want to shout out our donors because we had our Streamlabs Pro subscription, I believe is what it's called, and our Podbean subscription fully paid for, except for a couple dollars, but no big deal. Almost fully paid for, all thanks to donations, courtesy of you guys. I I know some of my regular donors don't like being shouted out, so I won't won't name any names, but those of you, I keep a running tally of of y'all's donations, and some of y'all are... just just amazingly generous and if you feel led to donate to the show it covers our costs it helps us upgrade equipment and it helps us commission uh we've we've kind of had a, uh, a a desire to, to commission a new logo here pretty soon uh that's that's going to go a little bit on the back burner thanks to all the the uh, subscription renewals but anyways you want to donate it's optional but it means so much we love all you guys either way so I want to get started tonight with some recommendations. I'm going to name three albums that I've discovered in the past couple weeks that I think you guys should check out. Then we're going to go to the good doctor for his hot take of the day. See what Data Girl thinks about that. Thanks for the follow, Je ne sais quoi. It's a pretty cool name. Um, I want to recommend first an album that I just got yesterday by a uh, like a, a vaporwave kind of like funk meets vaporwave. And and when I say funk, I mean kind of like a la like like almost like lo-fi hip hop, a lot of um, like Memphis rap samples. Thank you for the generous donation, comma Trey J. Love you, buddy. A lot of Memphis rap samples. A lot of like um, I think his name is Big Pokey, like samples stuff like that. Um, 
alongside Vaporwave and jazzy kind of uh, uh, textures and sounds. And he's, he goes by Mac Junt. Uh, if you're not a Mac Junt fan and you like Vaporwave or you like um, hip-hop music, especially like jazzy, kind of lo-fi hip-hop music, check out Sick Intentions by Mac Junt. Um, highly recommend. There's actually a physical. I got the physical CD just because I'm weird and I like CDs. Um, so can't wait for that to come in. Um, Sick Intentions by Mac Junt. Yep, Strip. You should definitely check it out. Second recommendation is our good buddy and former guest, Luxury Noise. Guys, Luxury Noise has got a new album coming out soon, and you would know this if you're a regular or you tuned in last week. But his first, I believe, official full length is called Second Light, and it's actually out on Pacific Plaza. You know, we've got a little bit of a, an, a big overlap in our viewership in Pacific Plaza. Alex is a very dear friend of ours, and so is Luxury Noise. So I want to recommend his first album, Second Light. It's a great vapor-adjacent like lush lo-fi house sound along oh i have the links prepared ahead of time look sorry along like the coast to coast collective sound is very like what do they call it vaporwave zero um breaks just just lush kind of shoegazy sound um you know the, the soft replica late arcane patch note sound but luxury noise really turns the like four on the floor kind of housey aspect of it up to 11 and it's definitely recommended to fans of like Akasha System, Body Son, Phones, Pacific Coliseum. Um, Paul and I are, are, are a lot of we're fans of a lot of the same stuff. So if you um, try to donate money to him, he will probably tell you no. So buy the album via Pacific Plaza's Bandcamp, so he can't tell you no, like he did me. And then finally, I'm going to in true Shiro style. I'm going to recommend something that's going to. Uh, be a little outside y'all's comfort zone. Um, Outrun synthwave music is a little played out in 2023. Hot take. Sorry, but it is. There's still some good stuff out there, but pickings are slim. But I'm still a fan. I fuck with Gunship, Mitch Murder, FM84, The Midnight, etc. And there's a, a little known artist. What's that? Mitch Murder's great. Mitch Murder is fucking phenomenal. Anyway, I'm glad you agree. I want to recommend an artist, a little-known artist called Lost Outrider. The guy's a huge, like, metal music fan, but he doesn't make dark synth music. He actually makes some of the, like, dreamiest outrun synthwave I've ever heard. And and I already, I already threw in the link. It's an album called Heart. And the visual aesthetic, comma, you're right, the visual aesthetic has been stale. Well, I'm sorry. No, you actually just complimented the visual aesthetic. The music's been stale. Lost Outrider breathes a new like breath of fresh air into Outrun Synthwave. In my opinion, it's very melodramatic. It's very dreamy. Oh, goodness, I have to sneeze. But at the end of the day, it's just, it's sweet. It's music like, if you ever saw Ready Player One, which was incredibly corny, but tons of fun. It's like what I imagine, like what, what somebody would, would listen to from their balcony outside of the, you know, like, busted dystopian city when they're trying to, like, remind themselves that they're still alive, they still have reasons to be happy, they still have love, they still have a heart, if you will, right? So check out Heart by Lost Outrider if you appreciate 80s music at all or just over-the-top melodies, right? And with that being said, I want to turn over the spotlight uh, to Dr. Chris, Skeleton Lipstick, for his hot take of the evening. Okay, so... Um, I was thinking, I mean, I think that Vaporwave in general has 
clearly been sort of having like a little bit of an identity crisis for the last couple of years or so into what it really is, what its point is, where it fits into the, the landscape of music at this time. You know, we've now come to a, see it as sort of a, you know, a scene, obviously, of like-minded artists who connect with each other. But I mean, I think one of the reasons that there's been a bit of like an identity crisis with Vaporwave, particularly in this era, is because of the way the internet has changed. So when I think of the early 2010s and I think of how I approached the internet and what I was using it for, it was um, an archive. So the internet at that at the time was sort of an archive. It was just everybody was uploading all this media that, that I that you maybe had either seen a long time ago and hadn't seen in years or had forgotten about, or maybe even assumed you maybe dreamed. And then all of a sudden there was everybody uploading these things onto YouTube. You could find all this nostalgia that you did experience or occasionally didn't experience, but maybe knew about or maybe thought wasn't even real at the time. You could find it now. And so, you know, there was all this like media to work with. And at the same time, also, there was all these links for mega upload and rapid share. Where you could yeah, get man. Just all this old music. Uh, you could you could download speaking of you said shoegaze earlier i remember at one point downloading like a rapid share file with like 15 quintessential shoegaze albums in, in a zip file for it and you could go back and you could like study all the history back of when it wasn't just spotify playlists no shade getting to that yeah right so like you could study the history of music in, in depth right and like that was a thing and then you know paperweight was a big result of that was you know these you know you know like-minded uh uh strange music nerds being able to sort of dive into all this niche music and cult music that they couldn't find before. Then also find all this strange archived media that they couldn't find before and to use that as inspiration, either as inspiration and to make something original or to use it and repurpose it and do a sample based version of it, right? You, could, you know, there's two mm -hmm. different camps of doing that. But I see this new version of the internet now and we're moving towards this world of abundance, almost too much abundance. Like you're moving towards like, People are much more interested in like what they can get right now. They're much more interested in what AI can make for them. They're much more interested in what can be generated for them. And like content is being created, new content is being created constantly. So there's not as much of a fixation with what's what happened before as there is well, what can be done now? Because there's so much abundance that can constantly be done now. And I think that's a very interesting thing. Like I feel like now it's just like every time I go on Instagram, there's some sort of like sample pack being marketed to me. So it's just, this you know people are going to maybe go into that now instead of using tools from the past and i find that to be a very threatening thing and i find that to be one of the reasons why we're there's like a little bit of like a slight identity crisis with what vaporwave is and how it fits in now so i honestly don't know you know i'm actually not sure at this point and i'm not right. sure what to call what, you know, what all these things mean and what that means for everything you know what i mean because yeah people are not as much looking to the past they're not even as much looking to like the concept of liminal spaces. They're not even going to be looking at liminal spaces that much either because they're just going to be doing everything in the space of the online world or the space of the AI world. Doing this sort of I feel thing. like we've literally so, watched things start huh. moving faster since 2009. Like, so, yeah, that is my hot take is that uh, Vaporwave's identity crisis has a lot to do with this. And a lot is, and it's a big question. I think it's an idea crazy from Vaporwave, from almost every kind of music at this point, but especially for Vaporwave, which depends on the idea of like forgotten spaces or strange defunct technology. Mm -hmm. When, you know, the fixation with defunct technology and or archive media starts to be overshadowed by the fixation with what can you create for me today with a click of a button? You know what I mean? 
And yeah, I, think, I feel you know, that. That crisis, a Danny crisis that happens in vaporwave right now, is probably just a metaphor for what's happening with all of us at the moment, too. I think. So. Yeah, we're all aging. Where, where, do you, where, where do we go with vaporwave? Where do you? What, what does vaporwave mean today? Then, is it, you know, is it still going to be based on the archive media, or should we be looking at right. something else? And just because it changes doesn't mean it dies, right? Come on. I think we have an obsession in society where if like something doesn't last forever, it was a failure. I was talking with Lux about this yesterday. Doesn't mean it was a failure, you know. It just means it had its time, right? Yes, everything has its time and place. I guess it would probably be a good idea to bring on our um, our highly coveted guest and see what she thinks about what you just said. Sure. Everybody, give a warm welcome, please, to the special guest of the evening, Data Girl. Go ahead and unmute yourself. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> Very well. Better Thank now you that you're here. On. You, All yeah, right. You better now. Great. Jeez. So just, that was... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I just... Just some ground rules. Just to remind everybody. Uh, any question you ask, Data Girl, will be asked at the top of the hour. So we appreciate your patience. We want to hear what she has to say. Um, but we'll go into the, uh, the chat questions at, uh, at 10 Eastern. Definitely want to know what you have to say about what Chris just said. I feel like I'm still processing all of that. That was a lot to take in. Uh, right. Yeah. You, no, 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 no. Don't. No need to apologize. You just gave me a lot to think about. Um, cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the one of the first things that comes to mind in direct response to what you were saying is um, I think Vaporwave, like a lot of more niche uh, internet or IRL focused scenes. Uh, it will kind of ebb and flow out of the public consciousness and out of the zeitgeist. So I think... Very true. You know, like, I, I see a lot of truth in the... We're kind of in another era of abundance, which it, I thought it was interesting that you said that, because that's kind of the... Like, the 80s, which... And the mm, early 90s, yeah. which Vaporwave is so focused on, or at least was for such a long time, was also an era of abundance, you know? Interesting so... So yeah, I guess it does make sense that in an era of abundance, you wouldn't necessarily be as nostalgic for an era of abundance in the past. If that makes That's sense. That's an interesting. Um, makes, a, makes a very good. Makes a lot of sense, actually. I mean, yeah. we've you know? been in a little bit of a, a recession ever since like two thousand eight, have we not? <laughs> yeah. No, we certainly have. Yeah. Well, and you know, not to say the economy is not. It's not like yeah, it's but, not economic I'm abundance. Sorry. But it's definitely. Uh, we're like talking about a different abundance. kind of abundance. Forgive me. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> But still, yeah. in a, er, still abundance is the operative word. Yeah, for sure. Right. I feel yeah, that. Yeah, and you know, I think for me personally, like when I came into the vaporwave scene, I didn't come in to reinvent the wheel or do anything like like. Uh, well, then maybe that's the wrong term. I didn't come in to necessarily do what people expect out of vaporwave. I was like, I want to explore things that I'm nostalgic for, and like it was very much a way for me to kind of like move through. Um, events of my past and like kind of like process growth into adulthood I guess you could say yeah. um, so I've always thought of Vaporwave as less of a like specific like it is these things although well that's kind of a lie because when <laughs> when I explain Vaporwave to people I'm like well it's this genre that's like focused on nostalgia from the 80s mm -hmm. and like you know it, it it's like very plunderphonics heavy and it is very sample based and all these things um but for me personally, I, it's, you know, nostalgia for what I'm nostalgic for and like kind of like hearkening back to those times. So I think as time goes on and as 
you know, I, I don't really think it's ever going to die, especially not the classic forms of Vaporwave. Like, I think that that will always kind of ebb and flow in popularity. Um, True. But I think as it ebbs and flows in popularity, we're going to get a lot of different kind of takes and a lot of different inter uh, interpretations of what you can do with the genre. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's not much of a hot take, but... <laughs> that's okay. Okay, they don't all to, have to be heaters. It doesn't have to be a hot take. <laughs> do you think? Do you yeah, think? An the, opinion. Do you think vaporwaves rivers are running dry? Um, no, personally. Um, although I, I don't know, I don't know that I'm necessarily the best person to comment on it because I myself am starting to lean away from sample-based music, at least at this point in time. Um, just personally as an artist. Uh, so I'm not as entrenched in. in the roots of the genre um, as much as I was when I first joined. So, I don't know that I have a good opinion on that right now. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I feel like I see new artists popping up all the time, and like, yeah, if I ever for sure. decide, you know, like if I ever decide to dip my toes into new releases, I'm always, you know, impressed with what's going on, and yeah, so I, I would say no. What but... things are you nostalgic for? Oh my gosh. Uh... Jeez, it changes every day. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the like video games that I played in my youth, like uh, early GameCube games, Super Mario Sunshine, you know, all of those kinds of things. Um, and I think a lot of the kind of like ravey music of that time that like I didn't really know how to access, being such a young kid. Um, but hearing in commercials, like, or, like, um, you know, hearing, like, if I was, like, out with my parents in a store, like, I would hear, like, trance or, like, big beat being played or something, you know? It's, it's those kinds of feelings of, like, uh, different music or different vibes that I felt like I di didn't know how to find in, like, everyday life or access or interact with, but that I knew were out there. and they kind of just back to childhood. Yeah, they kind of just informed my entire existence back then because that's just that was the cultural zeitgeist at that time. So mm -hmm. yeah, like eight people have said Neopets in chat. Oh my god! Okay, well shit, I should be reading chat. Yeah, they're correct. I'm very nostalgic. For <laughs> is that is that like? Do you yeah. collect Neopets as an adult? <laughs> no, I don't. Well, wait a minute. I, Neopets was I'll... online, correct? It, they it, didn't have like a yes. toy run. They had plushies. There, there were totally there were plushies. Everybody's there was a magazine. Me up in chat now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because um, I know Skelly collects comics, or at least maybe right, at one time he did, and I, I collect Lego. So like everybody has like that That's cool fun. thing that reminds them of childhood. Yeah, Neopets is a huge one. I mean, um, internet culture in like mm -hmm. 2006 to 2008, huge. Uh, ah, the MySpace era. On, yeah, being on MySpace when I wasn't allowed to be on MySpace. Yeah, big, big nostalgia vibes there for sure. So, yeah. well, let me shut up and let Skelly ask his his questions. Okay, great. Um, all right. So, first things first. When did you? What What drew you to music? What drew you to trying to make music? Did you Did you do this initially? Were you Did you play with it? Were you interested in it as a child? you start with production or were you with traditional instruments first let's just where did when did you decide that you would connect you connected with music you want to make it? gonna go way back so let's go way back let's start <laughs> okay there. so 
maybe this is a cheesy way to start, but there's this picture of my mother uh, pregnant with me with uh-huh. the, doing that thing that like all of the like 90s pregnant moms did with the like headphones on the tummy. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, it's like one of my favorite Adorable. pictures. Um, and she used to say that I would always like kick whenever she did it. So like she would do that all the time. So it was before I was born that I was introduced to music. Like, you know? <laughs> but, <laughs> Love it. but, um, but no, I mean, uh, on a, in a, on a much more real note, uh, I started playing piano when I was six. Um, mm. I was always, really I, i've loved music my whole life i can't remember a time when my parents were weren't playing music around the house um, what did they play what did they play that really connected with you do you remember well my mom's favorite artist of all time that she still listens to she's his biggest fan is sting oh sting she loves i love i was fuck. just telling lux i, I love gordon, sting singles that i've heard gordon is the man yeah no he's amazing um so so yeah so she would play his uh brand new day album all the time around the house it's a great song uh, that harmonica yeah. i think that's yeah. that song i think the album's called brand new day too i could she, she would smack me if i if i was wrong but <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's what the album's called um and then my dad was really into like santana um into the he was into the blues a lot um so i was exposed to quite a few different um influences neither of them were really into electronic music though so that was something that i discovered much later um but anyway, so I started playing piano when I was six. Uh, when I was ten, I joined. I went to like a private religious school, so I joined the choir uh, when oh, I was me, ten. Oh, me too. <laughs> you know, woo. Um, so save type beat. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was always really focused on. Uh, well, I guess I was very piano focused up until like high school, which is when I was like, I want to play guitar and be cool and like be in a band. Um. <laughs> And any, any bands that you were listening to that you want kind of wanted to be like? Ah, uh, that's a really good question. I, I, well, I was really into post hardcore. I had a big scene phase. Like I was very into. Oh hell yeah! Like um, at the drive-in and shit. Oh, but like dance, Gavin like dance. Fugazi. My... Oh, okay, I got you. No, no, dude, she's gonna do a different, different era than you, man. Uh, yeah, keep talking. Uh, <laughs> that's the so... kind of shit I go for. My bad. No, that's all good. Um, so I think. You know, I don't know. I had a lot of different phases. I don't know that I really knew what I wanted to do uh, in terms of with music. Um, I just wanted to do it in some capacity, and I figured like joining a band was the coolest way. And like I liked, yeah. I still love singing. Obviously, I'm. That's kind of my thing now. So did that you I'm join a band? Did you? Join I was in band? one for like a short period of time. You played guitar was... in a post. Wait, hold on. Stop. You played guitar in a post hardcore band in like high school? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I wasn't that cool. I was like, wait a second, hold oh. on. Did you? <laughs> wait, wait. No, no. I I kept a lot more with the choir. Um, I joined choir. I was in choir all throughout middle school, all throughout high school. Okay. Um, right. I did join a like kind of a local indie band for like oh, a sh- very short period of time. It did not last, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, of course, and. Uh, I, I didn't have, like, the best experience being in a band. Not that I'm, like, not on good terms with the people. It just, like, wasn't... It just didn't go well. Um, so by the time I got out of that, I... Well, okay, I guess rewinding a little bit more. The first time I ever really got into, like, dance music and electronic music was, like, in eighth grade. Um, and that was always a really big interest for me. And the first time I ever experienced that live, um... I went to Coachella when I was oh, like really? 16. Yo, yeah. Wow. You went to Coachella at 16? You're a real one. I, I, you know, really? there's, there's some there's some crazy stories in, in there. But uh, 
So, I think I was 16, 15 or 16. Um, but that was the first time I ever saw, like, a DJ live. Who did you uh, see? Cascade, I think, was, oh, okay. was, was, was the most memorable one. I mean, I saw a bunch of people that weekend, but the, the one Cascade that was burned into my brain... Uh, yes, it was huge. Wow. It was like in that moment where I was like, this is fucking sick. Like, this that's, is what I want to do. Oh, yeah. That's a very crazy thing to see at such a young age. You know, it was crazy. Right. Yeah. It was, imagine, yeah. Yeah. It left a big, a big impact on me. And I had already been interested in that genre of music and listening to it before then. But like, I could, I, I had no way of putting two and two together. Like, this is yeah. what a DAW is. Like, you know, this is what DJing is and how it works. And it's actually like not as difficult as it looks. And, you know, anyway, so. Uh, so it fast is when forward. You're a perfectionist. <laughs> this is true. But anyways, um, so fast forward uh, to the band era, I guess, which is like not an era; it was like three months. <laughs> uh, but I get out of that, and I'm like, you know, I just really want to do my own thing. Like, I just I want to have full control. I have, I would very much consider myself a perfectionist, like to a huge fault. Um, so I wanted to be in control of the music I was making and like feel like I had a say in what was happening. Um, and I think like the person I was dating at the time was into electronic music and like I saw Ableton for the first time and I was like, whoa, what's that? Like, and so uh, that's kind of how I, and it was all these like little nuggets of like, okay, like, you know, I could see a career for myself like you know, being a DJ, uh, like, maybe I'll figure out how to do that. Oh, that's how you make electronic music. You use a digital audio workstation, and it's, like, actually something I can do at home. Cool. You know, so it's all these little, like, nuggets of information I slowly collected kind of throughout high school. Okay. Um, and then the actual making of the music was this really slow, as it is for most people, I think, was course, just yeah. slow, arduous process. Well, it's such a, it's such a personal, it's such a... Yeah, such a personal process making music too. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, thank God you already to... knew how to play piano. Uh, I mean, that's, not, that's not even it, no. Like, I I will it, say it, that was huge. That that was really yeah. really huge for me um, because I didn't actually study music theory till I went to college. Um, so, being able to approach theory with the knowledge of the piano was like, I I thank you know spirit for that because that's huge. But it's it's producing music is like doing that for the first time is so different than playing an instrument and it takes yeah. like yeah, a hard it's a process that's what I'm getting at is that you, it's really difficult to teach people mu music production you kind of have to just struggle through yes. it because it's such Correct. a personal process You're like you can teach people an instrument that's that's not a problem but mm -hmm. teaching it production is different for everybody so it is always an arduous yeah. process so you just sort of struggle through it until you figure it out what you need to do. That's correct. No, that's yeah. totally true. I mean. I feel like a lot of the time when you start learning about production, you don't even really know what you want to do. Like, sometimes yeah. you do, but, like... If you do, you don't know how to get there. Like, yeah! Like, I, I, I just listen to music and then, And then on the journey to getting there, it's like, what you want to do changes, at least for me. It's like, I can never focus on a single thing I want to make for more than, like, a week. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, my brain's totally understand that. just yeah. in a completely mm -hmm. different plane of existence. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's why I've been also been struggling so hard get to get music out over the last year and a half because I'm like, this is good, but I could make it better. Or like, well, actually, that's I want to the focus tough on thing this is like you make it and then you learn something Saint new Pepsi and you're like, oh shit, I can do this now. Fuck, I already did this in this song. I can't, I can't go back and fix it. I got to do something else now. It's true. I, yeah, I go back and look at um, some of the music that I made in the last year and a half, like earlier in that time period, mm -hmm. and comparing that music to the music i'm like currently working on and gearing up to release it's like night and day it's 
yeah. crazy. So everybody feels that way. I know it's it's true. It's true. But for me, it's really true. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know when a song is done? Great question. Oh, God. I love yeah, to ask that question. question. I don't make her, music, especially. so I need to How know. How do you know this song is done, considering, you know? Yeah, when do you stop? When do you stop? I stop when someone else tells me, you need to stop. <laughs> 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 yeah. Probably, probably Nano Shrine, honestly. Nice. Uh, who is my, my biggest out, cheerleader Nano. and my... Yes, shout out. I love you. <laughs> you guys um, really are a, like, skill powerhouse. I remember seeing some of the, like, graphic design y'all did during the like lockdown era of the coronavirus and i was just like god damn they're up we there with like fun. all hell breaks loops and the other <laughs> like <laughs> majestic <laughs> visualists in the scene like if y'all think data girl is a skilled dj or musician i completely forgot to mention her graphic design skills for sure for sure like rendering That's That's outstanding work yeah thank you yeah it's 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 rough because it, you know I have so many all these different interests and all these hobbies and things that I love doing um, and the visual art while I still love doing it and like you know use it as kind of a stress reliever if I ever need to it's definitely fallen by the wayside because I've got so so many you know audio related things that I do now with my everyday life and like that's I've had to really like have a reality check and figure out what my priorities are in terms of creation so can i ask you when you first started producing music and you were like what what was an artist that you were listening to out there like okay well maybe this is a sound i want to go in the direction of well what was influential i want to know this too um, and then no cascade yeah. obviously but what else yeah so i mean and this was years after i actually saw cascade that i started to you know make music myself um and started djing it was they they coincided like i started you know just kind of Sticking around on Ableton and like DJing at the same time, um, and I got a lot heavier into the DJing much quicker because there were like a couple of people that I knew that were nearby um, that were able to like, like I kind of I joined like a small collective um, of other mm. DJs well, that's for cool. yeah it was called Frosty Music. This was a long time ago. <laughs> this is like twenty Frosty music. Shout out Frosty Music. Yeah, <laughs> now defunct, but the yeah, the monster cat era. R.I.P. Yeah, so this was like 2014, 2015. Um, she joined Animal Collective. And, she joined uh, Animal Collective. Yeah, <laughs> I was in Animal with Collective. The in chat. Oh my god! Oh, I'm not even reading chat. I'm so sad. <laughs> it's oh, it's they are awake. Eyes. You are bringing the the viewers. Oh wow, forty people! Hi everybody! I didn't even get to say hi to everyone yet. Okay, anyway, I can't get distracted by that. It's terrible. Um, hold on. <laughs> I don't even remember what we were talking about. Recalibrate. Uh, you were in the Frosty Collective. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, so yeah, I was in a collective called Frosty Music, and um, it was a bunch of local DJs, you know, just, like, fresh out of high school, like, just starting college. Like, uh, we played some local show. Uh, there was a, there's a local venue, I think it still exists, uh, here in Orange County called the Yoast Theater. Um, I played there a couple of times. We did a couple of takeovers of like their smaller upstairs room and I played on their big stage one time, which I think to this day is still the biggest show I've ever played, which is crazy to think about. Um, but yeah, and during that time I was getting really into like my house music techno kind of DJ era. That that was like the, the budding of, of that part of my life. Um, and I was listening to Dirty Bird Records a lot, which is still a very popular, very successful uh, house and techno label. Um, they were really like my obsession at that time actually was dirty bird records um claude okay. von stroke justin martin um yeah, yeah. 
lot of those like heavy hitter house people. Yeah, Justin J had just come on the scene. He's now huge, which is like crazy. Very big. Yeah, so I saw I saw him at, at uh you know Mix Mag Lab. Do you remember that? Oh my god, I used to I used to buy yeah I know Mix Mag I know the magazine as well absolutely. I used to yeah. get Mix Mag issues uh, of Mix Mag all the time. Like when I was nice. in the library at the bookstore, I would always grab that and read that and study for my yeah. classes reading that on the other side. Of course, yeah, I, they had great fun. festivals. Yeah, so they they do they I th- I don't know if they still do them, but they did these little parties like all over the country called Mix Mag Lab, and they had one in L.A. And Justin Jay was like still just a baby, like was still in college, I think, and he he uh, I, he was the only artist that I ever got to see at a Mix Mag Lab, which was a, for also for formative DJ memory for me. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it was a lot of house music at the time, for sure. Very cool. Do you still fuck with house music? Oh, oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, and it's only it's only gotten more fun and it's getting so much faster now. I'm really? so okay, and this okay, I'm excited to talk about this. Yes. Okay, yeah, let's get let's get let's get into it. So yeah, I I'm really excited to see the BPMs just going up and up and up in the clubs these days. It's like really sick. Yeah. Are are we know, talking like two hundred BPM plus like gabber hardcore shit? I mean, like one thirty like that stuff, you know, it has kind of a niche fan base, I think, and that's all. Like, there's you know different hard style and gabber festivals that happen like yearly and all that stuff. But um, no, I mean more in like the house and techno scenes more specifically, and in like the more commercial kind of dance music scenes. Um, it's like everybody's like pushing 135 these days. It's crazy. Wow, we're like, at, that's the upper, that's that's the upper cool. end. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, and maybe this is just my perspective and the algorithm feeding me stuff that I like. (laughs) But um, it seems like trance is starting to finally make a comeback, which I think is so exciting um, because obviously we're in this era of like Y2K revival and Y2K nostalgia. And that's really what was big at the time was was trance music and progressive. Um, Yeah, very true. I am so here for it. (laughs) It's the so whole excited. like deconstructed club scene is very obsessed with trance. Cool. Wait, I, you both talked at the same time. Yeah, my, my bad. I was just going to say that no, the good. deconstructed club scene is very obsessed with the trance nostalgia and the like. Like the grime people are kind of fucking with. I wouldn't say the mm-hmm. grime people, I guess, but like trance is definitely, um, trance is definitely coming in back into style, and I'm here for it's- it too. It's great, and it's just fascinating because I feel like there were all of these um, genres that had their own little sort of revivals. Like when I was getting out of out of high school, or like around like 2015, 2016, there was a big like UK garage revival out of nowhere, and um, this DJ yeah. Hannah Hannah once became like really really big. Was like touring all over the world, like playing that kind of music, and then I feel like AC Slater was kind of driving that a little bit too, with the whole like night bass sound that was a little bit like had a bit of a garage influence to it um and just like the whole bass house movement was like really big back then and then like as it continued into the later um 20 teens into like you know 2017 2018 techno got bigger and bigger um and now i feel like techno has kind of reached its peak but techno can get so fast that it like kind of starts to step into trance territory. So now I feel like <laughs> we're dipping our toes into this big trance revival, which again I'm just like so excited for. You're gonna hear a lot of that in the music that I'm releasing soon. Any particular and... artist from that's been inspiring you in your current music production that's from this scene that you're talking about? Totally. Yeah. There's this guy that goes by Pantero Six Six Six. He okay. goes so hard <laughs> he's got the like y2k 
uh, trance aesthetic here. going on. Um, Pantero yeah. six two six. What is it again? Pantero's six six six. Just like I one one name. Um, he just came out with this track I love called Ultra Wet, Ultra Ray, featuring a, an artist called Zorza, um, and she's also kind of in that like. She right. Uh, she gives me. In, in the vocals, I, I feel like there's a lot of, like, Grimes influence, but in the instrumentals, it's all kind of, like, dreamy techno, like, dreamy trance vibes. Yeah, this looks fun. Vibes. Yeah, it's Lux really... just dropped a link. Thank Lux you, Lux. aesthetic for this artist as well. Oh, Lux, you're the best. Yes. Oh, is, is that the song that you were trying to have me drop into your Insta yep. stories? Yeah, and I, I yeah. they don't have it on Insta for whatever reason, so we went with the DOS Yeah, that track, was so weird. Which is oh, a yeah, fire DOS. track. Do you... Have you, you know, heard of... I'm sorry, no. Let's, let's talk about DOS first. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, I, all I was gonna say was I. It's so funny because Doss's music is so sick, and I actually yeah. just discovered it like a couple Same. weeks ago. <laughs> so phenomenal. I'm a little late to the party there. Great choice. Do you uh, have you yeah. heard Exodia? No. Exodia is some great like like hard okay. trance stuff. I think you'd like it. I'll uh, I'll drop Heck. a link later on and tag you. Yeah, please. Right do. Right up your alley. Cool. Yeah. So I'm I'm starting to now, and okay. So. I guess going back to the whole timeline of things and music and what I've kind of been up to. Um, when I joined the Vaporwave scene in 2019, I was still DJing a little bit, like with like the house and techno scene and stuff. Um, but it was starting to wear on me a bit. Um, just that era of my life. Cause I was in school at the same time. I was taking like a, like 18 credits, I think, which I guess is technically a, full, a little more than a full load. That's, um, that's busy. It was a lot and I was, you know, working and school doing school and doing the DJ thing and I just like I don't know. I guess I started to get a little bit burnt out. Um, not necessarily from the music, but just from the club scene and like how intense it can get, um, when you're on that side of things. Uh and yeah, I just just got a little tired of it and um wanted to kind of branch out and like I I had first heard about Vaporwave in about 2015 uh, from a nice. friend of mine who, like, was sort of interested in me. He was, it was like, a friend of mine who was, like, really into producing dubstep. And he was really, like, just starting to discover it, too. And he showed it to me. And this, he's like, this is so cool. Like, you know, and it seems like it's really easy to make and, like, whatever. And um, I was just at the beginning of my, like, Ableton and, like, music production journey. So I was like, cool, this looks fun. It, and it was in no way related to anything I was doing because I was really trying, like, <laughs> right. going hard, like, promoting myself as yeah. a house DJ, and I was like playing clubs, and I was. It, but this was like a totally new thing that I had never really experienced. So that was actually when I made my first vaporwave track that is lost to time and to my old laptop. That, that oh, got, no. That, oh no, I know it's so sad. gone forever. Um, but you know what's funny is it was a, a Sandra track, and I had oh, really? no idea. Yep, and I had no <laughs> idea how influential Sandra was at the time that I that I was working on that. Oh, um, so, anyway, um, coming back in like 2019, I was like, I remember that vaporwave thing. Like that was like really sick, and like Blink Banshee like was really cool because he had just dropped Blink Banshee Zero, and I like discovered that in 2015 i was, was gonna like, ask you what your first exposure to vaporwave was if you don't mind blake, me sidelining blake banshee well very cool intro blank banshee and probably simultaneously like i think floral shop had like just blown up like, right two seconds ago like as a meme you know mm-hmm. in, in at least a meme in pop culture yeah um and then uh young lean at the same time i was like, oh, yeah. getting into young lean so like i got the aesthetic ex- ex- exposure very like vine simpsons lean. wave type beat yeah 
yeah, it was that was how I really first heard about it. Um, but then my first time actually like experiencing a full album of the genre was was Blink Banshee, and I just like totally fell in love. It was my favorite album. For, Did you catch for him live in L.A. back in like 2017? No, damn. No, I didn't. I oh, know. you missed out, man. <laughs> I'm sure I oh, did. Oh, you really yeah. missed out. Yeah, I'm sure it was amazing. Um, but yeah, and then in 2019, it was it was like a, I was getting burnt out from the club scene. I wanted to try something new. Uh, I just randomly made a new Twitter account, and I don't think I was even Data Girl yet. I think I was oh, like really? under some other name. Well, you know what's funny is I wanted to go by Shy Girl, but I had no idea there was already an artist named Shy oh, Girl. Oh, no. A quick Google search was like, okay, I can't have that name. Like, someone's already doing that. So I had to spend some time, like, figuring out something else. Um, real ones will know who followed me way back then, just based on my, like, crappy 3D renders that I was doing at the time. Oh. We'll know that for for a minute I was shygirl.tiff on, on Instagram. Um, but anyway, I'm losing my train of thought. Um... Sorry. Okay. So 2019, 2019 you started yeah, getting into making Vaporwave again. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, that was when I started making Heaven Cry. Um, and oh, okay. It was, it was kind of this whole like artistic renaissance for me personally of like trying new things, like trying to knock out like my fears of music production and like just like doing it and like kind of trying to just not make it perfect because Vaporwave was so inviting in that way yeah. of like. You know, it's so accessible for people who need experience and, like, don't really know where else to get it, I guess. Does that make sense? I don't know. It makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Like, that's the thing so, is that people pool their skills together and support each other. Here. Yeah, exactly. And it just mm -hmm. felt so welcoming. And, like, also, I was so... This is a big thing, is that I knew Vaporwave was largely an anonymous community. Um, and that really was attractive to me at the time because I was so sick of, like, marketing myself as like a hot female dj <laughs> because that was kind oh, of so that, that was, was this was a response to that uh, in a big way yes oh. uh, very intriguing interesting you get to like work so, out a completely other side of yourself so much sense now wow yeah yeah so i came into it really being like i just i'm sick of showing my face like i'm sick of people like feeling like people are judging me based on how i look or whatever yeah. and so i just went full send into like having this anonymous alias where I was like pumping out all these like I was learning Cinema 4D at the time like a friend was teaching me Cinema 4D um you know making Heaven Cry it was just this big like a lot of stuff was happening yeah and uh then Alex uh from Pacific Plaza Trucks Passing Trucks shout um, out shout sh out big That's shout our out buddy. by the way yes that is our buddy big time but um he was the only person that I knew in real life who was in any way uh, involved in the vaporwave scene. And he actually was involved in, in quite a big way, I came to find yeah. out. Um, so I just sent him this email and I was like, hey, like, I don't think we've ever met in person, but like we're Facebook friends and like, I've got this album and I, you know, if you're interested, like, I, it was a long email. <laughs> mm -hmm. I remember like being really nervous to send it, which is so funny now looking back because we're such good friends, but. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so I sent it to him, and um, at the same time, I, I was, like, you know, getting in the Twitter vaporwave scene, and then I kept seeing flyers for this thing called Electronicon. And I was like, oh, whoa, ooh, what's whoa. this? So right when you were getting, like, involved with Twitter, you started seeing that pop up. Like, this is interesting. Yeah, it was crazy. And I was like, wow, I had no idea that there were vaporwave festivals. And then, of course, I come to realize, well, this is the first one. This and, is like, the first this one. Right. Time. 
and I'm like, wow, like this is such a cool time to be getting involved in this space because all of these people, it's like there's like so much hype going on and there's just like everyone's so excited to like finally come together in real life and like, wow, I wonder where this is going to lead. And yeah, so that was really, really cool to see that happen. And then, of course, I find out that it's coming to L.A. And then I get really excited because <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, like, obviously, I can't be in New York. Hell yeah. Like, like you know, at such short notice, but I can totally do the L.A. show because it's like an hour away. Um, so, you know, I bought my ticket right away. And then at the same time, I'm sort of talking to Alex about releasing Heaven Cry. And he's like, hey, why don't we do uh, a tape release? And why don't you know, I'm organizing this tape swap uh, before Electronicon 2. Like, why don't you have that be your like release date? And like come and play a DJ set. We'll sell tapes at the tape swap. It'll be a whole thing, which was crazy to me. It was like the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me, music-wise. Um, like, you know, even with all the DJing stuff, like this was the first time I was really like making a musical baby and then showing it to the world, and it was terrifying. <laughs> so yeah, was that anyway. were, you, were, you, were you nervous about that process? Totally, totally big big nerves <laughs> well because you know i wasn't super well known in, yeah. in the scene that's quite so yet. interesting because like you've been performing yeah. a long time yeah because you've been doing yeah exactly it's the thing yeah no i was very nervous well because i had never actually put anything that i had made oh, out to the world okay yeah. that yeah, makes that's sense right, that's right mm-hmm. yeah so because it was all just dj sets which felt it feels a lot more accessible especially the way i was kind of djing at the time you know it's very like you just kind of like you know you just kind of like look yeah. down and like it's not super connected with the audience like it's in a dark club like you know yeah. very in, in your element DJing vapor dance parties is definitely different and i've never <laughs> dj dark clubs but like yeah yeah no it's a lot of fun um you got to be kind of a hype beast day, yeah and you know i don't mind cuz i think i'm coming into I, I, the the personal transformation that i've had from that time of my life to now is unbelievable. Um, and I would say being the kind of, yeah, it's great. And I would say yeah. being the hype beast kind of personality now is a little easier for me than it may have been. Like the, there's probably a video that some folks in the chat have seen uh, from the Crystal Nostalgia party that I just DJed, which by the way, shout out Crystal Nostalgia, shout out- um, Shout out all hell breaks loops and groovy Shout kaiju. Shout out all hell breaks loops. Oh, yes, absolutely. And everybody what a else. Powerhouse of a team. Just, just fucking amazing powerhouse. people. Both of yeah, them. The best. All of them. They are the best. Yeah, and they have another date coming up next Saturday, I believe, uh, with Fanta Cat uh, and Ognos. And oh, I love those two. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the best. And, and I think Initial Re, uh, I believe, is also her. Initial Re is cool as fuck so, too. Yeah, yeah. Initial Re is the best. Such cool yeah. people. Yes, they're the best. So. um... So yeah, check that out. Support Crystal Nostalgia. If you're in the LA area, definitely go check it out. It's an amazing, fun dance party. Um, but yeah, there was a video uh, that I posted recently when I DJed there a uh, couple, or last time. Yeah, it was last time, right? Yes. And uh, I played uh, We Like to Party by Venga Boys, the Venga Bus <laughs> song. And people just went fucking crazy. And I like wasn't expecting that. And I've, I've never had that much fun in a DJ set before. So yeah, oh, it's, dude. it's cool letting loose D- with this crowd. Fanta Cat does a lot of that kind of stuff. Just playing stuff yeah. that everybody she loves. She rocks. <laughs> and everybody. I, yeah, she's such a bad bitch, dude. I love I love she Fanta really Cat. She really is. Yeah. We are, we are like mutually inspired by each other. I, <laughs> we, I will never just, stop like, being amazed by how well she can rock a crowd. Yeah, she's, oh, she's the best. The orange show, show, it's it's unreal. Right? I, I hope to be like a third that skilled someday. 
I know. I can't wait to see. I have never seen her live before. I don't think. Oh, she's yeah. fucking fantastic. She's great. Yeah. Unless I'm, my memory is failing me, which it very well might be. But um, yeah, I'm definitely definitely gonna be there next time. Living my, it up. <laughs> one of my one of my best contributions to the scene is introducing Bandicat to it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah, Sick. I think that's uh that's the story. That was I just realized I talked for a very long time. So. No, that was great. I really appreciate it. Yeah, that. I, please. I, that was phenomenal. Please keep it going. That's. I, that's <laughs> we've got a lot of questions. We've got a um, lot of guest questions that we'll roll into in a little bit. I want to ask a couple bit. questions right now. Yeah. Let's oh, do please. that. Um, yeah. All right. So, you, after you produced the first album, mm-hmm. now what do you think was the biggest changes in your? In your, how did you grow the most as a producer when you did the next one? Ah, uh, okay. So from Heaven Cry to Destination Spa. Correct. Yes. So, good question. I think. Um, so during (laughs) fucking randy (laughs) glad you're here sorry oh that really made me laugh um okay so between heaven cry and destination spa and then even from destination spa to alchemy a love story like all during that time i was in the final year or two of school and uh i went to uh Berkeley's online school. So Berkeley College of Music has Berkeley Online, which is like an online extension school, but you can also get a degree um, through their online school. So that was the program that I went through, and my major was uh, music composition for film, TV, and games, because my career goal was to make music for video games. Um, So, of course, (laughs) course in um, in that degree program, you learn all manner of things that will, you know, help you along the way there. So I was learning music theory, um, music composition, uh, you know, skills that related to like mixing and mastering, um, audio engineering, recording, like all of these different things that I was kind of taking in. And so it's interesting to see the difference between like Heaven Cry and Alchemy, a love story, because it's just like night and day differences in terms of, um, in terms of the mix. At least yeah. in my opinion. Um, yeah. Not that I think that the mix on Heaven Cry was like bad. No, but, no. You know, but it's... I understand. We, that's I'm every like... producer. I think there's not a producer <laughs> in the world that doesn't think that way about the next album they do after that and the one after that. Like, oh, the mix is mm-hmm. so much better on this one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I would say my, my technical skills have gotten massively better. Um, and there's a marked difference between heaven cry and destination spa also like with heaven cry it was kind of just like a i was going through a lot at the time like i'll just be real (laughs) so it was sort of like this big amalgamation of like like i just need to do like just make the music just stop overthinking it and just do it and just put something out there great advice don't overthink yeah and i was i was pulling a lot from influences from uh you know my history being in choir and my history uh you know having kind of grown up in a more religious environment uh at least at school um so a lot of that was in heaven cry and the destination spa was a much more focused kind of concept album because that was something that i that really kind of piqued my interest with vaporwave was how conceptual a lot of these albums were like paul mall and um you know like honestly cat corp shout out cat corp huge influence on me actually and one of my favorite vaporwave artists um i i liked 
how conceptual a lot of his albums were. So that course. really appealed to you about Vaporwave was the idea of the conceptual uh, aspect of it. Yeah, and I think also the concept of Malsoft, like the idea mm. that an entire subgenre of Vaporwave in itself was conceptual. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. was really cool to me oh shoot just wanted to adjust it a little bit and of course it just took off um so at the time i think this so this is like right before the pandemic like late 2019 early 2020 i was really interested in like spa themes and like relaxation themes mm. um and my first inkling of it was like spa soft like that's fun right uh, that's, <laughs> right that's fun that's fun um so i wanted to because I was really interested in doing Mallsoft, but I felt like it had been done so many times and I didn't really have anything new to add to that. Um, but I liked the idea of putting the listener in a physical space just through sound. And so I thought a spa was True. kind of a fun approach to that. Um, and that was really all that it started out as was I, there were a couple of tracks that I knew I wanted to sample that gave me this kind of feeling um, one of which uh, was actually a choral piece that I was, it was like a bossa nova choral arrangement um, that I had been introduced to because I was singing in choir in college at the time. And I was like, that would be so sick mm. if I could just sample that. Um, so, and that on the album that's sampled in track two, uh, which of course the name is escaping me right now. One martini, please. Yeah, that's the track. Um, but so I had that. Uh, track that I wanted to sample and then another kind of house music track uh, that I wanted to sample that I think is called Spa House actually I think that's the actual title of that sample um, and it just you know it was like it's like any other idea like it just kind of like tumbled and rolled and I was like okay right. this is going somewhere eventually became a little uh, bit of a train yeah it's like you get little nuggets here and there and like slowly start to build this idea of what you want um, and then the pandemic happened and the world caught on fire and it was like you know it was just such a turbulent time for everyone in so many different ways and th the album at that point started to take on a much bigger meaning than i initially attributed to it because i was like what if i can just put something out there that will give people just an hour of like calm like a moment of like meditation or, yeah you know just something because everyone's really struggling right now um, and so it, then the album really took on this dual meaning of me wanting to explore a new concept uh, within Vaporwave and also kind of like using it to better the lives of the listener. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess I really deviated from the original question, which is <laughs> how did you see your production, you know, change? I guess I it was it was more focused and it was more refined in terms of my technical skills to to truly answer the question. So yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. We well, definitely yeah. nailed that vibe for sure. Thank you. Do you enjoy the live component of all this now? Like we're talking about I do. being the hype person or that. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's interesting. I think um, you know, Data Girl underwent an identity crisis as much as Vaporwave currently is i think yeah i mean you move from being anonymous to yeah being present in live shows to unmasking yourself what was that process like yeah i, Very I you much. know i got to the end of my degree program um and i spent a good chunk of actually i think yeah, I think like the latter half of 2020 and then like all of 2021, I was very kind of pulled back from 
uh, the scene mainly because I was so nearing the end of my degree and I was starting to freak out because I realized I had no industry connections <laughs> in the video game audio industry. So I was like, okay, I need to figure this out because I'm going to graduate and then like not have a job. Um, so I spent a long time kind of focusing on that. And at the same time, my skills, I felt like were finally at a point where I could write songs, write lyrics, mix and master the whole thing, like do the whole thing from start to finish, which is what I had been wanting to do since high school is like figure out how to just make music that I liked and be able to control the the entire process. Yes. Um, so I finally reached a point where I was like, I could do this. Like, I feel confident enough that my ideas could be laid out exactly how I want them to be. Mm -hmm. um, so I started writing my own music and like kind of leaning away from sample based music. Not that I don't have the urge to make it anymore, but they're just, it's like, it's like priorities, right? Like I've got all these ideas in my head and all these things that I want to say and things that I want to make. Um, that that kind of take precedence for me over that at least right now. Um, you you got to do what your heart says. You got to do yeah. what your mind, what your imagination tells you to do. Yeah, exactly. And you know, mm. I've always had like the pipe dream of being a pop star. So <laughs> I love so I'm going that direction now. Um, How's it feel doing vocals and stuff? It's fun. It's it, it's a huge learning process, and That's you know, of course, it's very mixing yeah. the vocals is tough too. Yeah, like live vocals is it's a whole new live performance that's not DJing is like a whole new ball game for me and it's mm. very daunting. <laughs> uh so yeah, I very quickly am realizing that the ability to hear myself on stage is uh important. So Oh my god, right? Yeah. Gonna gonna invest in some good in your monitors, I think. That's in my in my near future. Um yeah, it's a big transition and it's just, but it's like anything else, like you, you learn by doing. Um, and I think that's also kind of a lesson that I've learned throughout this time. Like going back to when I first made Heaven Cry, it was like, I didn't know what I was doing, but I just needed to do it and then learn Absolutely. from the things that I felt like I could have done better. So that's yeah. good advice for everybody. Yes, yeah, I think so. Right. Getting over that initial hump is difficult though. But yes. anyway. Right. Like it's Let's get one more in before we start going into okay. guest questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, me. Yeah, questions? yeah. Please. Okay. Um, what's your next move with with Data Girl? Where do you want to bring this next? Great question. Um, so yeah, the the identity crisis has uh, landed. Yeah. So now that we we've, uh, we've moved past that phase, that's why I'm interested. Like, well, okay, what what's what's the next thing you want to do now? Yeah. So it, it's. The music that is coming, that I is coming, I promise, uh, is not really, I, I would say, focused on any single genre. It explores various genres that have affected me and influenced me throughout my life. I um, like that. And oh, yeah, so it, it's, you know, I don't want to compare myself to Nikki Jemmy because I would say we're very different artists. But like in the way that she on CBD Reiki Moonbeam has explored all of these different kind of avenues of electronic pop it's mm -hmm. it's it's very similar i would say yeah that's okay i see what you're saying you want to explore yeah. some, some some electronic pop like really dive into it basically and try different ways of making it yeah and even even like club bangers like i'm still really obviously really into house music really into trance and techno um i'm working on a lot of tracks in that vein that 
I would hope could be played in a club like any of like with any other track. Like I want a lot of the tracks to still be DJable um, because that that scene and that culture is so important to me, and like I yeah. still enjoy oh, yeah. participating in it very much. Um, so that's a big goal for sure. But it's like music that can be DJed and also sang live and is pop and also electronic dance. Boom. <laughs> nice. Wow, you really you succinct. Right. Boom. Sky Yamaha does a lot of that kind of stuff, like dancey vaporwave. Nice. Yeah, I love Sky Yamaha. That's true. Yeah, I got to check out uh, some of her more recent stuff. We, she we plays like the flute bit, and but... shit. It's pretty wild. That's yeah, sick. That's bonkers. That yeah. rocks. Yeah, bonkers. she's 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 another person that like I guess grew up like learning classical instrumentation. I think. That's awesome. I don't know as much about her as I would like. Yeah, I'm sure we have a lot in common. Yeah, I should I should reach out and reconnect. That'd be great. All right, we have a lot of questions. And shout out everybody who okay. entered a question. Hopefully we can get to all of them. The first one was from Strip Silence. He wants to know, He well, you may have already answered this. He said, tell me the story behind Destination Spa. You did cover that pretty we well. We did that one, right? Are there any other, like, that. yeah, any more, like, like, trivia or, like, little-known facts about Destination Spa you want to give us before we move on to the next question? Hmm. That is a good question. Uh, I guess a, f a fun fact about the visual album, uh, which does exist. Uh, True. So that was, that was not in any way part of the initial plan for the album. Uh, really? The only reason, yes, the only reason ah. why the visual album well, exists. I thought you did it at the same time. Um, sort of. It, it was... Okay. It was... <laughs> <laughs> so oh, right. I basically... I got booked on uh, Flamingo Fest, uh, the two-day uh, URL festival that oh, yeah. uh, my pet mm -hmm. Flamingo put on, mm -hmm. and I had no idea what I was going to do. I, I kind of started freaking out, and I, <laughs> I was like, hey, I've got this new album. This album is ready to go. What if I just release it that same weekend and figure out a way to make a performance out of it? Um, and, and the most logical choice was a visual album. Um, and at that time, yeah. And at the time, necessity that, breeze design. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that was uh, very early on uh, when I was talking to Nano Shrine, and he had kind of gotten me really interested in uh, Unreal Engine because uh, I I had come from a strictly like 3D kind of art background using Cinema 4D, um, but I didn't really know anything about game engines, but I was super interested. So he kind of helped me get my footing there and um help he actually was integral in the process of getting that whole thing like rendered out and like doing the camera movements and everything because i was so new to it um and i think it was completed like the night before <laughs> nice so yeah the 11th it was, it was hour a, it, it really was it was it was a rush job uh to get the, the visual album finished so there's a nugget <laughs> most fire video games are like into like overtime anyways this is true this is true Yep. Lux Elite, when are we getting the new material? Any hints? Um, okay, so there's a lot to be as vague as possible. There's a lot happening and a lot planned for the latter half of this year, uh, which okay. you all will find out about very shortly. More shortly than you may think. Uh, and that does include new material. 
very cool. Very yes. shortly. <laughs> Sorry, very, short. very super vague. Shorter, Shorter than you think. Yes, so, sooner than you think. It's all it's all coming together. Like the oh. crunk, the crunk. Oh yeah, crunk. it's all coming together. Yeah. <laughs> Kama J, question for Data Girl. Is there a significant meaning behind why you chose the name Data Girl? Thank you for that question. Oh my gosh, I love answering this question. There is, in fact. Well, when Shy I initially thought of the name, Shy Girl was taken, yes. Uh, Shy Girl was, uh, yeah. Uh, I had like a note in my phone of like just random words that I liked and I just kind of like started smashing them ah, together. Ah, the Unreal method. Um, yeah, yeah, basically. And, um, I had, I knew I wanted to be like something girl, um, just cause I thought it was fun. It made me feel like a superhero. Um, right. and data was one of the words that I had in there. Cause I wanted it to be kind of like, you know, weird and techy, like kind of cybery, you know, mm -hmm. those vibes. Uh, and then just one day I smashed data and girl together and I was like, that's cool. Is that taken? Right. Sure enough. It, it definitely was not. So that was lucky. But then as I kind of went on uh and tried to like pin down the aesthetic of data girl before i was showing my face you know How i did had you the... come up with that couldn't tell you <laughs> i think <laughs> i was just so so i mean yeah, this well, is very okay. distinct for you um yeah 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 i mean uh when i was kind of making the 3d art, like renders like the scenes and all that kind of stuff that that i was heavily leaning into earlier on in the alias mm -hmm. um I was just downloading like whatever free FBX and OBJ files that I could find lying around. One yeah. of which was a Daft Punk helmet, um, oh. and and I had figured out how to model people. Well, not model them myself, but like there's a anyway. That's too complicated to get into. But <laughs> so I figured out how to get like a person model into Cinema 4D, and then the Daft Punk head uh, or helmet. So that's that that is so that's you with a Daft Punk head. That's kind of the idea. It wasn't really supposed to be a Daft Punk helmet, but that was like the closest vibe that I could find. I kind of like. Well, it's like a, like with like a robot head. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. I wanted. I just wanted some sort of thing covering my face to imply that like I was anonymous. Um, got it. Got it. And eventually, I put the uh, kind of binary like one, zeros and ones pattern on it, and I was like, that looks cool, and like that's kind of data related, right? I don't know. <laughs> For sure, yeah. And it's the, data related, for sure. Yeah, it's, you know, it's on brand. You're good. Right? Very much. And, but then I kind of remembered back, and I, I think I wrote a, a Twitter thread about this like a while a while ago, but when I was a kid, probably like 10 or 11, uh, my mom used to like go to one of her, uh, her friend was like a yoga teacher, and so she would sometimes like go to her house and like they would do like group yoga sessions at her friend's house. And so a couple of times I went with her um and like did yoga with like my mom and like all of her, all of her friends and uh i remember there's like a part of yoga at the end called the shavasana where you're just supposed to kind of lay and meditate and um the way that they would guide us through that was they would kind of say okay like first relax your head then relax your neck then relax your arms and your fingertips and your whatever and so as i was like laying there the only way i could really get myself to focus enough was to kind of, I don't know why I latched onto this, but I would just kind of like imagine like a silhouette of a human with like zeros and ones kind of like filling down through the silhouette. If that, it's I, I, see, I, I can it. picture it. I can picture it. I got, know, I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. It was like an early form of meditation for me. And then when I made that like mental connection, like a year into being Data Girl and like having this 
aesthetic. I mean, it was like, that, yeah. like, it, <laughs> like it was, it was, I don't know. It was a everything class. neatly fits together. You know, things piece themselves yeah. together. And we don't even realize it until it's already done. We're like, Oh yeah, that all makes sense. When I look back on it. Everything was coming together the way it should have for the, yeah. for the aesthetic and it all like connects the, to like everything. Totally. Like the weird, like kind of, I don't know, maybe quirky or just abnormal things that you do yourself mm. or the, yeah. you know, thoughts that you feel like only you have ever had, like those sort of subconsciously amalgamate into your vibe aesthetic. Yeah, it really does. Right. It's interesting. And particularly yeah. like, you know, it's, you, it's the fact that it comes from a meditation class and it's destination spa. And like, it's just, yeah. it's just funny the way that things attract to themselves to, to, you said to amalgamate into the, into the aesthetic. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, wow. How fun. Look at that. Yes. Interesting stuff. That was a long answer. Okay. No, no is on. Lux. I mean, pre, I, no, are you kidding? I appreciate all your long answers because <laughs> like there's really like this this very thorough. episode I mean, is like, going to be over before done, it started. So it's, like, it's very thorough. So once it's once the question is answered, we don't have to go back to it. We can like immediately move on to another subject because Data Girl has covered everything in that question. That, this is true. That if said. You, I, Lux, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm so sorry. Lux asked no, how don't. the visual portion of Data Girl got started, and I do feel like you did kind of sufficiently cover now, right? that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what are the I questions think. we got? Celadon Dream Suite. She, she talked about when it came up, and the I think so, right? Right. Also, if if there are any more specific things you want to ask me, like feel free. to Yeah, just, keep like, them coming, guys. DM if we can get to them, whatever. we will. Yeah. <laughs> or or okay, yeah, follow question? up with her. Celadon Dream Suite says uh, it seems like our brains are programmed to hate the sound of our voice. Was it difficult oh. to move past that when mixing your own vocals, or did it not feel yes. any different than mixing the sound of you playing any other instrument? Yes, it's difficult. It's oh, also yeah. need to make so room hard. for vocals in the song too. Like yeah, to clear out frequencies, or else it just it really sounds bad. Right. So that's you the know quiet what's funny? Part. Yeah. I find that what you're saying, uh, Skelly. I find that to be really helpful for me because mm. I can. I don't, I don't have to just load everything up with synths right away. I can just get the basic form of it and then be like, okay, that whole scooped out part, that's where the vocals go. Right. Oh, you know? so wait, wait, wait. The you, vocal is the lead You should do the vocals before you finish the song fully. You're telling me that you already create room with your vocals and then start building the synths around it? Uh, it depends. It's different every time. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of flesh out... I don't know. I work really weirdly. I flesh things out and kind of mix as I go and then... If I start getting an idea for a melody, like I'll clink that up. What do you start with? Wait, wait, what do you start with when you produce? It's different every time. Like uh, every time? (laughs) It really is. Well, you know, it's like it can start in a few places. Um, So sometimes, you know, I have that kind of like, oh, that's a cool melody that I like just randomly was thinking about. Like, I want to get that down really quick. Or, and sometimes it comes with lyrics, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but if I'm ever just like, I'm just in the mood to make music, like I'm going to probably sit down, scroll through my drum samples or like, just like, you know, pick a speed, uh, throw some, some, I I, I guess I usually start with drums, drums and bass. If I'm I'm not in a particular, like, I see now if if, if there's not a spirit that's particularly moving you at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Or I, yeah, that's, that's typically where I, where I start anyway. Uh, I don't remember what the original question was. What was the original was. question again? Uh, I'm sorry. I got distracted voice. by something how, that they it, said. It was held on yes. question about the sound of your voice. Like, and do you find the sound you, of your voice to be difficult to How did you feel about mix? the mixing of that? Yeah, how would you deal with that? And they also want to know how you moved past that like feeling of disliking your voice. I'm still in it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's funny because... Uh, 
I think it's not the sound of my voice that I do, that I dislike. It's the tone of it hmm. because I'm not like you know the per- most perfectly trained like pop singer. You know, fair. Uh, and pretty much any independent artist is not going to be like a super well trained singer in the style in which they're trying to emulate. So I feel like. It's not necessarily your voice you don't like, although there is a thing where it's like hearing your own voice through your ears sounds weird to you, and like yeah, there's yeah. no way to like to move past that because that's just like a phenomenon, like a like a natural phenomenon. It is. Um, but I find that if I like nail the tone that I want, because there's so many, and that's all really down to like your mouth shape and like how you're placing your tongue and like you know all the different weird right. things that come with singing and phonation, like. If I'm doing all those things the way that I w- want to do them to produce the sound that I want, I don't think that I dislike my voice nearly as much. So I would say, like, develop your technique and, like, practice ah. as much as you can. Like, the more slowly... control you have, the better you feel about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes I mean, sense. And even still, it's like, even even as practiced as I guess I am, like, I, I still do, like, thousands of takes before I'm, like, finally <laughs> satisfied. So, yeah. That's fair. A little bit of a perfection is, I mean, as long as you don't let it take too too much control, never hurt anybody. Working on that. <laughs> Naoko Coed wants to know if you have any advice for female artists in vaporwave. Yeah, I mean, just just freaking just freaking do it. Just just do the dang thing. Like, you know, there's always gonna be weird hater, you know, gross people out there. Like, yeah. regardless of what scene Creeps. you're in, um, they're everywhere. It's like the and. I think at the end of the day, you will find peace knowing that you cannot control what they do. You can only control what you do and you can only control what you pay attention to. Um, And I think, you know, and of course this is not excusing anything that any of these people do. um, Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it's really important to remember to keep your power with you and to not control the controllables. Yeah, exactly. And like, just be careful not to give your energy or power away to, you know, gross people or gross things that you don't really have control over. Like, do what makes you happy. Uh, The vaporwave scene is wonderful. (laughs) Uh, I would say, in fact, one of it's one of the more welcoming and, you know, more just warm and wholesome scenes that i've ever been a part of um and i I don't think you will will have any trouble so it ain't perfect but it's pretty damn close i feel like if we can count our flaws on one or two hands we're doing pretty good (laughs) like nothing's perfect right you know right it's it's a group of people people are humans are humans suck like we're not perfect none of us are so (laughs) sell it on dream suite is just killing it with the questions today they want to know what was your process for deciding what would go into your debut set at that first tape swap? Mm, that's a good question. I, I didn't have a lot of time to prepare for that, I think, if I remember correctly. It's it's a little fuzzy in my mind now that it's been... Oh my god, it's been like four years. That's crazy. Bruh. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, I guess... I. I, I think my DJ set was not, it wasn't just my music, because there was no way I had enough music at the time to only play my music. Um, and I was coming fresh out of being like a club DJ, like a house music DJ. Mm-hmm. So my mind was still very much like, okay, like, 
make a de- like figure out a DJ set basically. Right. Um, yeah. So and I was listening. I was listening to Baja Ajax a lot of the time. Blank Banshee. I, I was getting. I was kind of digging into the um, DMT FL back catalog. Um, yeah. So I was listening to like. Uh, oh my god, uh, Cobalt. Uh, Cobalt oh Road. God. Thank you. Cobalt Road fucks. He yeah. does. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so Especially his vapor trap of- shit. Real exactly. Good. That's that's the kind of stuff I was really into at the time. Okay. So I was, I built a a set out of just purely vapor trap stuff. Nice, um, yeah, nice. That was my approach. Love it. Uh, Roche Corp. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, any plans to play shows on the East Coast in the future? Absolutely. Nice. And then they complimented Absolutely. your tape swap set as well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Celadon Dream Suite with. Oh. Feeling is mutual. <laughs> Sell it on Dream Suit with another banger. Uh, what are some of your favorite music theory elements to put into a track? Oh, boy. Oh, man. Um, music theory elements. I think the biggest and most important lesson I learned from music theory is what's known as voice leading. Um, and... Uh, kind of like chord structures and the way that that can really affect a chord progression like using I don't want to get too nerdy but like you know using like the main version I don't remember what it's called like the the normal version of chord versus like the first and second inversions like which note you have in your bass just I don't know this is gonna get super nerdy but (laughs) I I think people Uh, that tune into our show generally like that though so nerd out okay yeah, I think um, I, I actually was always really fascinated by counterpoint as as little as I think it's still used in modern music. Um, and I'm also a little rusty dusty on my terms here, so don't come for me. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I always was really inspired by like that era of music, which was, I don't know, you know, like a really, like hundreds of years ago was when counter, counter, counterpoint actually mattered and like there were rules there that you actually followed. Um, but I think being constrained by some of those rules now in my music actually helps me a lot. If I go in and I'm just like, eh, fuck theory, fuck all the things, I'm just <laughs> going to do whatever. I can never pin down an idea that I actually like. It, mm. it, it helps me kind of Maybe that's my hot take, is that music theory, in my opinion, is extremely important. Um, if if you are an artist who, and this big if, if you're an artist who struggles to kind of make your ideas make sense. That's a really um, good way of putting it. Yeah, that's you know? that's super valid. Yeah, that's the best way of putting it, I think, I've heard. Well, yeah, because it's like a lot of the time, and this is because this was my experience. Like, I would have an idea, I would have a melody or whatever, and I'd be like, oh, that's a cool thing. Like, you know, I'll put it in. But then I wouldn't know where to take it or how to expand upon it or why mm. that melody even made sense to me in the first place as like being cool. Um, because learning all of that stuff, this is just turning into a hot take. I'm sorry if I didn't fully answer this question, but, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> rant, like, please lear- rant. <laughs> learning all of that stuff, like really like just, it just made me so much more refined as an artist um, because I could, tell the stories I wanted to tell and finally in in the language that I was trying to speak if, if that makes mm. sense um, yeah, in the it, language. yeah that's very well very well spoken yeah very well there's said. a lot more things I could say about that but my brain is like all over well, it's the place, funny so. because like we've heard both 
you know, like, oh, I hate music theory. Fuck it. You don't need it. And then, like, when we're hearing, actually, it's really useful. And, you know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know any music theory. I think it's useful, but I also think Neither it's do easy I. to get bo- bo- I think it's easy to get bogged down by it. And and I don't think that by any means that it's necessary. Um, so please please don't take that away from this from this hot take. Um I think that if you're interested in it and you know, you want to dedicate time to learning it, I think it's that's wonderful and you absolutely should. I would always encourage that, but if it feels like it's too much of a slog and it bogs you down and it gets in the way of your creative process, like creation is really what's most important at the end of the day. So it's like do what yep. works for you. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it seems like everybody kind of does it a completely different way too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, how there's much... a lot of shit I don't even remember about it. So, anyway, go on. Nikama J with a banger question that I've wanted to ask okay. like for like the last hour. Um do you have any specific video game soundtracks that influenced your vaporwave music? Or just generally favorite OSTs, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I could talk all day about mm-hmm. it. Good. Um, Do it. The Paper Mario series. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. Isaac, I know Especially that. the first one. Like, top five games all time. First one. Yes! Oh, same. No, that uh, when I was a kid, my dad... The first, well, my first video game experience, my dad had a Super Nintendo and like got me in front of that when I was like four, probably, um, before I could read. And then we got an N64, and Paper Mario, I think, was the first game I played on the N64. And <laughs> I want a Paper Mario shirt. Kama says they have a Paper Mario shirt. Okay, I also want one actually. <sighs> um, but I, one of my most vivid memories of that time of my life was sitting with my dad and my dad reading me what was on the screen because I couldn't read. Oh, that's read. adorable. The dialogue <laughs> oh, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and the, exactly. But then by the end of, by the time I finished the game, which was probably like a year because I was like four or five, right. uh, I, I could read and I was reading it like myself, like reading the dialogue and I didn't need him to help me anymore. So that was kind of like a very formative memory of mine is is playing that game start to finish. Are you talking like, about the N64 one? Mm-hmm. Can I can I go into like a further nerd territory and ask you what Please. some of your favorite pieces from that OST are? Yeah, so there's um which level? It's one of the later levels when you're in um that snowy mountainous area. God, yeah. Wait, wait, is it the one where you go underneath the ice and you go and you find uh-huh. the like more lovely character? Yeah, I believe that's so. one of my yeah, favorites the, too. There's the ice palace. It's oh, so wow. beautiful and like just forlorn sounding. Yes, and in fact, I actually uh, in a in an album, a split album that I did with TKO um, that came that was out on Pacific Plaza called Late Night Aesthetics. Uh, there's a track on there that samples the particular track that I'm thinking. You're of. playing. Can you please send that right to me? Now. I'm showing. Yeah. I'm peeling back There's a layer no and admitting that I haven't heard it. Can you please send that to That's me? That's okay. Please. My I feel good like it friend. Went a, little, a little unheard. My good friend Soft Replica has sampled a lot of Paper Mario as well. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I have an un- a track that I made, I think, before I even finished Having Cry, that sampled the track from Paper Mario, uh, Thousand Year Door. Uh, it's the under, when you're under Rogueport. Oh, like nice. Under, yeah. Like the underneath town. Mm-hmm. I, I sampled nice. that and I called it, I made it, this is when I was in school for theory. So I was yeah. very nerdy at the time and i made i sampled it but the way i sampled it was in rondo form so it was i called it rogue port rondo i never released it i should probably just put it on soundcloud 
But uh, yeah. you should you should like like send me that if you don't mind. I, I promise yeah, I won't sure. leak it or anything. I oh my god, I love those games so much. I really wish that series hadn't like completely shit itself. You know, I don't want. I'm gonna get so pissed off if we start talking about that. Yeah, d- I, I mean, don't play uh, the Switch one, man. It wasn't terrible, but it's like now Super Mario fights a stapler in a paper oh, airplane. Oh, that one. You know, I I'm not gonna a lie. Hole I punch. I wasn't as mad at that one as I, I didn't finish it because I did get bored of it. But I wasn't as mad at that one as I was at like Sticker Star. That just yeah, that, I, or like I the, was the so, painting uh, one. I never even played that. Oh shit. my god! Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, uh-uh. gross, <sighs> terrible. Oh my god. Oh man. Okay. Any other any other OSTs that you're like super into, and you know, then we can move on to the next question. Yeah, Super Mario Sunshine OST goes hard. Uh, the um, Sonic Adventure Two. Uh, soundtrack Sick. goes hard. All of the Sonic games have incredible soundtracks. Uh, I'm saying that for. I Randy need to. I need to play more Sonic. I'll be honest. I was. It was always too fast for me, and I was way more of a Super Mario fan. So, I'm not very yeah. good at Sonic. I need to play more. That's okay. No, I um, that I, I would say, Sonic Adventure Two. Uh, what is it? Sonic Adventure Two Battle. Um, was. Okay one of my most played ga- oh oh my god forgetting like one of the biggest ones animal crossing oh what how did you forget that oh, almost forget yeah, I, that you know i have no idea i think i because that came a little later because that was on the gamecube when i when right. i first when i first played that so but yeah and oh my gosh the the sheer formative memories that i have playing animal crossing and uh harvest moon a wonderful life those were nice. my two favorite games for many, many years. I would still say they're like probably the in farming my top Sims all time favorite games. Yep, I still play farm. I you know Stardew Valley. Yeah, Stardew Valley. Have you? Um, I promise we'll move on. Have you played any of the HD two D games like Octopath Traveler? Uh, it's on my like uh, Twitch store wish list, but I've no, I haven't haven't gotten it. Sh- I've heard nothing. Oh, but you got to play them. Things, they're phenomenal. But, yeah. And with that, I will move on to another topic, but we got to talk some more about this later. Yes, um, we, will. we got new questions flowing in chat. Um, Mist wants to know if you like Sister Act. I believe uh, he means the Whoopi. I believe this came up while we were talking about like religious things, and I believe he's referring okay. to the Whoopi Goldberg film. I told you there'd be some off the wall. Oh, questions. I've never seen it. No, I've never. I couldn't You've remember. Never seen I, Sister. Wow. No, I was making that face because I couldn't remember if that was a show or a film, or and I didn't want to sound like an idiot. So. Oh my yeah. god! There's so many no, good ones coming in last minute. Um, 3D Blast. What words do you usually use in lyrics? <laughs> okay, fine. I'll take you seriously, Randy. Um, <laughs> uh, I I write about love a lot. Um, so I, I think love is in almost every one of my songs so far. Um, uh, unironically, banger question. Yeah, actually it is, because now I'm thinking, and that's like the only one that I can really come up with. Yeah, and I I also don't have my lyrics in front of me, and my memory and attention span is Felt on a spiritual (laughs) level. Yeah. Rose Corp, any dream collabs? Oh my gosh. Um, Caroline Polachek. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Just... Uh, I love her so much. Um, uh, geez, I'm gonna say a lot of people that like you probably wouldn't expect because they're not dance music artists at all. Um, Beach House, love Beach House. 
Um, and these are all just like people who come. Oh, you know who I would really love to collab with is uh, Bonobo. I love Bonobo. I, Fuck yeah, Bonobo. He's, he's awesome. Yeah, he. And I yeah. Know his Bonobo's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, George Clanton, Naked Jimmy. <laughs> right. <laughs> always would always be fun to collab with. I those. mean, hey, they're local. They are, you know. Um, yeah, I, th- I think my ultimate dream collab right now is definitely Caroline Polachek. I uh, just her music speaks to me on a level that I, I could never. She's got explain. a beautiful, oh. beautiful voice. She's incredible. Yeah. Very skilled oh. woman. Yep. Yep. Okay, Celadon Dream Suite. What do you think makes a track vaporwave versus not vaporwave? Oh dear. Um. There's just like a vibe, like. It's the vibe, yeah. <laughs> there's just you know it's, you know it when you hear it. Is it the nostalgia? Yeah. Yes, I think so. I think it is. Uh, and it do, it doesn't necessarily have to be nostalgic for anything specific, which I yeah. think is right. why vapor two works, like yeah. handmade kind of stuff. Yeah, shout out, it man! Works. His new album is full of heaters. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh. Yeah, I, I do I do think it's it's people always say it's a feeling and it's an aesthetic mm-hmm. vibe and I I do tend to agree with that for sure. Yeah. Picture plane says real is a feeling. Picture plane is here. Oh no, God. he says real is a feeling. I'm just bad joke. Oh okay. Um, I hope I hope to see picture plane again soon. But anyways, um, Pacific Plaza banger question: What are some of Data Girl's favorite bossa nova songs or singers? Oh, okay. Bebel Gilberto is my favorite Boston Nova singer by far. Uh, I sample nice. her. Um, uh, she's a track called Bonanera, which I sample on uh, Cocktails Beneath the Veranda off of Destination Spa. That's an amazing track. Um, all of her music's incredible. Uh, rest in peace, Astrid Gilberto. Yeah, rest in peace, Astrid. Yeah. Uh, Man. Her mother. Yeah. Yeah, she... Yeah, another... The entire Gilberto family. I mean, yeah, geez, like one fucking insane fucking heavyweights. family. For yeah, real. they're incredible. Um, yeah, that's my short answer. So. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right, keep them coming, guys. I'm going to shoot from the hip while y'all ask some more. Um, what is your favorite medium, Data Girl? Do you like tapes, CDs, vinyl? Hmm. I think it's tapes i love vinyl yeah. too I, I, th- I would say I, I like the listening experience of vinyl um and the whole just I don't, it's big i like that it's so fun to have all the big art tape that's such a big, big <laughs> and then but i like that cassettes i mean i guess vinyl you can really do in any color now too can't you i don't know yeah i i i don't know i like both of them tapes and and vinyl i think are tied for me damn no love for cds CDs are fine. CDs. They're just, you know. <laughs> They're not as fun. There's like moving parts that go on with the cassette and vinyl is big. No love for mini discs, damn. No, I mean, no, I. No, I, no I Game Boy Advance cartridge love, goddamn. I think it's because I grew up in the CD era. Um, and I. That that was like how That's I used to listen I to like my music. That's why I like it. I know. I don't know. <laughs> the tapes are fun. They're like alive. They, they move. They're alive. You play them and they kind of degrade over time. You know, they're like a living thing. Yeah, like so that. yeah, yeah, the, di- too, the you know? digital, yeah, the or not digital, but magnetic. I don't know why I said digital. 
Data girl, data girl, do you consider yourself to be an introvert, extrovert, or a secret third thing? A secret third thing. Um, oh, that's so hard. Uh, not an introvert, I don't think. Um, there are definitely times where I feel... Because, okay, I think that introvert and extrovert, those terms get kind of, you know, funky uh, sometimes in our, in our daily vocabulary. Because introvert is not just like, I don't like going out. And extrovert is not, I love going out. It's like, right. how, do you, how do you recharge your social energy, like your social battery? So Yeah, are you, well said. Do you become recharged by being around other people, or do you become recharged by being alone? That's really like the classic definition of the two. Um, I think I'm a secret third thing. I do. I really do. Because I, I, I think I lean towards extrovert. Like, I, I love obviously i love talking <laughs> love like being right. around people um you know i maybe maybe you just like being around the right people correct i mean no shade to whoever correct. isn't the right people but you know what i mean yeah no shade no shade <laughs> um yeah but but no there's definitely times where i'm like i need to and it's weird because it comes in waves it's like there will be right. like a, a full couple of months where i'm like i cannot see or talk to anyone that is not my Felt. boyfriend <laughs> i just need to be at home all the time and it's also like i, I sometimes i just want to go home and just create like i i, I right. would consider myself a big homebody like i like being in my physical space same um it's very much like a kind of sanctuary for me but i mm -hmm. i don't think that i need it as much as like your typical introvert would, would need it if that makes sense so it does yeah. it does secret third thing um, Solid on Dream Suite when you wanted to make soundtracks for games what kind of game or what vibe of game was your dream kind to work on oh for sure farming sims 100% like things, nice. like, things like Animal mm -hmm. Crossing yeah Animal, well, Animal Crossing not farming sim but relaxing I think as a lot of people call them now like wholesome games Yeah. so um, Animal Crossing Harvest Moon two biggest influences in terms of um like wanting to make that that style of music i just i just loved it just, and i still love it so much um now it's interesting so i can segue now into i know we were, we were talking a little bit before we went live about um chatting about career stuff mm -hmm. yeah. um, i didn't actually end up making music for games as my career i am uh my my day-to-day -day, my nine to five monday through friday uh i'm a sound designer for video games um Too and cool. i it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And it's it's very adjacent to where I imagined myself. But And I'm actually glad that I landed in sound design versus cool in... It's awesome. Uh, and the cool thing is that I don't... Like, you know, all of my work is work for clients. Data, <laughs> data. Um, yes, exactly. Um, so I don't get to just make whatever I want. It's, it's all about what's going to best serve the project and best serve what the client needs um so if i i feel like if i was making music all day that was not exactly what i wanted to make i would then feel too burned out to come home and continue working on my own music because it's just a lot um yeah so i'm actually kind of glad that i didn't end up with that as my kind of day-to-day job uh and that instead it's something that's close but just adjacent because making sound mm, yeah. effects is, is not writing music it's very very different 
Um, oh, yeah. Although it uses a lot of the same skills. And I would say becoming a sound designer actually has just, like, skyrocketed my, like, or, uh, exp like, really expedited my technical know-how. And it's a big reason why now I'm about to start releasing the music that I'm about to start releasing, which I would say is... I, I wouldn't really call it lo-fi in any way. It's it's a lot more of a clean kind of like over overproduced. Some might say like pop vibe. But I've I've only able to get to that level now because of the technical prowess and know-how that is required to be a sound designer for AAA games. So yeah, very cool. Fun facts. <laughs> That's cool as fuck for real. And and the chat has has step up. And and we've got we got hella questions now. We got to get through. Oh man, Quiz wants to know if you can reflect on using AI art for alchemy versus how that might play out today. Oh. I hope ooh, I, I hope I read that question correctly. Tech is yeah. different, culture around it, etc. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I would have done anything any differently. Um, you know, I. At the time, I think it was a very different landscape. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's used in many controversial ways now that, of course, I don't agree with. Um, and I think at the time, the way that Vito and I were kind of... So what he's talking about, if, in case anyone's unaware, is we released a zine uh, that, was, uh, that accompanied the Alchemy, A Love Story tape release that had a lot of kind of artistic interpretations... Uh, made using uh an ai like art algorithm called uh the big sleep mm. uh, which is a much older um algorithm compared to like today's like mid journey and all of the things that are popular now um and yeah i mean if you go back and look at that art now i mean it's very primitive like it's just i think that's like, better that it looks primitive i think that is the more interesting version that's of that. That's Vaporwave. I think so too. Like, yeah. and it, it was all about kind of like pulling out, like, what can you pull out of the machine? <laughs> when things like bleeding together, like that was okay. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, I no problem with that. Yeah, I don't see, I, I mean, like, the other side of the coin is like now it's so advanced that people fear their jobs being taken and like that's, you know, yeah. that's terrifying. And I, of course, like, I, I also think it's silly of anyone to think that they can rely on something like Mid Journey to produce exactly what they want, like a hundred percent of the time. It's like you, you need you need a real artist, you really do. Um, so looking back, no, I don't think I would do anything differently. But yeah, I can see if I were to do that now with something like Mid Journey, that it might garner a much more negative response. I, th I think Vaporwave should just adopt the old AI stuff as its part. Of right. Story. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. Um, I mean. Uh, at the moment, Vito is no longer on social media, but that that was really what he was sticking with. He st yeah. he stayed with that same. Um, yeah, he did, uh, didn't AI he? Generator for yeah. a while. Yeah, he that was like a big thing for him it. for a minute. Mm -hmm. He's still into it. I think he's just not really on Twitter much these days. Oh, he ain't so. missing much. Site is buggy as hell. <laughs> it's not great. Yeah, no, not, it's not terrible. A bad time to, not a bad time to leave. So. Short stuff with a great question. What was your first reaction when the Data Girl and 3D Blast memes from the tape swap were going around on Twitter? Yes. <laughs> it was... I was losing my mind. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Um, I was one of the first people to participate. 
In fact, because, uh, you know, a couple of the thing was kind of making its rounds on Instagram. And I was like, oh my god, that is the right. funniest picture I've ever seen. Because it looks like I just absolutely hate this guy. And I yeah. just, like, I'm like he's just, mansplaining like, DJing to you or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's so funny because it was actually the complete opposite of what was happening. I don't know if I've ever even told the real story of what was happening. Um, so he had told me earlier that day because he had already like done his set and mine was like still an hour away or something and he was like by the i don't even remember what was what the deal was with the decks but there was those like, decks were weird. fucked dude that's what there it was, was right weird. yeah there was something weird going on with them and i couldn't quite remember what it was and i was like so nervous by the time i got up there that i like forgot ex everything he said to me so i like called him over and i was like what were you saying <laughs> like what's wrong with there them was again? like a delay <laughs> yeah it was something and weird. i was up there and i was i don't use like I haven't used XDJs that much, um, you know, or anything in the XDJ family. Right. And I was just like, oh my fucking God, what is wrong with these decks? I think it was my first time using any kind of XDJ device as well. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I just, I was, you know, tunnel visioned and I just like, oh, dude, know. fucking <laughs> terrifying DJ set so, that day. So, yeah, so I called him up and I asked him again, like, what, you know, can you tell me again, like, what was wrong with them? And he's explaining it. And I find when it clicks, I go, oh, and that's what I'm doing in that picture is I'm going, oh, like, Man, who took I that photo? Was it Ognos? I don't remember the uh, the person's name, no. um, but uh, yeah, it was a hilarious moment. And it really, like. You know, of course, I have very big reactions in real time. You are pretty animated. I'm yeah. a very animated person, so it's like, of course, someone taking a picture at that exact moment, and Randy's right. excellent probably timing. Like, you know, and then <laughs> like, they turned it into like they like made your uh, your mouth huge. So you look like funny. a Muppet. <laughs> oh my god, the whole Obama soda yeah, thing. All the different Photoshop. Uh, it do you, kills me. Do you remember the memes about that brand of water that was all over New York City? Yeah, what was it called? Those ones were um, good too. I can't remember. <laughs> the green, the green label. Someone in chat's got it. Yeah, somebody'll just um, blast it right off. Poland Spring. Poland Thanks, Spring. Nathan. Of mm -hmm. course, Nathan would know what water it was. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh my gosh! All the memes from that weekend were just like god tier. Yeah, yeah they were. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's just so funny because that, like I said, like that image stage really makes jokes. it look like. Oh god, the club stage was hell. <laughs> oh, um, but like all the. That picture really makes it look like I hate him when, in fact, in real life, especially since that weekend, we've become such close friends that it just, like, cracks me up now every time I see it. Right. Yeah. So, and then we yeah. were next to a place called Assy Distribution. Oh, my God. That. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, that's pretty Dude, good. Dude, so much. <laughs> and then that lady came out that was super pissed. No, that was actually it. That, that was, was at, justified, uh, I think. But, no, yeah. I think that was at... Um, what was it called? Club Genki. I always want to say like Genki Town. I can't remember oh, what it's called. Oh, because I do remember one of the one of the neighboring, you know, there of course there were a lot of us. Somebody there, was we mad, were, yeah. We, we were all very reason, excited. Yeah. And yeah, we were we a few of us were uh, I mean, uh not me personally, but no <laughs> just kidding. So some of us were blocking the entrance to one of yep. the neighboring uh businesses and you know, just True. make sure make, make sure we don't do that, you know, in the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> real talk. We had our practice round. Oh we man, did. we got three more at least. I want to get through real quick before we do our, yes. our like I can't final. I know, oh, right? Can you believe that? We got we got another ten minutes or so before we have to finish things up. Uh, Rose Corp wants he's he's got a non music question. What is your go to smoothie flavor? 
Ooh, love that question. I love smoothies. Uh, definitely, like strawberry banana, like vanilla, or like a like a pitaya, like acai kind of deal. What in the world yeah. is pitaya? Am I a philistine? It's, it's a, no. It's I, just a it's just a silly smoothie store thing. I like. Pitaya. I really. Am oh, that's the name store. of a brand. I got you. My no, brand. it's like a. I think it's a berry. It's like a pitaya berry. I think oh, is a berry. A superfood. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I just know that when I order it, it's pink and it tastes good. So. <laughs> That's the most important part. Strawberry, banana, vanilla, pitaya, smoothie. Yeah. Get it. You heard it in Fire. our hot takes. Uh, in Rayleigh, data girl, data. Is it data? Why don't you say it for once and for all? Is it data girl or data girl? Dog gal? Okay. Like, what is it? Listen, I have never said that it is one or the other. I want to make that clear. It is whatever is most comfortable for you to pronounce, if given your local accent or just the way you tend to say things. However, I do say data girl because that is how I like to say it. But I want everyone to say it how they feel comfortable saying it. So, anyway. <laughs> da gal. There we go. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> in Rail wants to know um, what video. You might have missed this one, buddy. What video game inspires you the most? Mm. Now, uh, well, so you geez, mentioned I'm Paper just... Mario and the Farming Sims and the Sonic games. Yeah, and Animal Crossing, all that. So that's yeah. all the older stuff that inspires me. I would say presently, um, oh my gosh, and I, I don't know that there are any video games now that necessarily inform me as a music artist, but in terms of inspiring me, just period, um, the Horizon series uh, on on PlayStation. So Horizon. Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West are both, mm. it's just an incredible series. Those. Um, oh my gosh, just amazing. Uh, I also recently played the newest God of War series. Uh, just equally incredible. I love adventure games. As, gotcha. uh, like anything, anything that can tell me a really, really compelling story is like super up my yeah, alley. Storytelling just, is important for me too. Mm -hmm. I just finished the Plague Tale uh, series. Those are really, wow. really awesome. Um, that w those were created by I think a group of people from the Telltale Games uh, team. I think I'm pretty sure they left and started a new studio and created this uh, Plague Tale series, which is awesome. Gotcha. Um, so recently, that's what's been inspiring me. So, Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, we've got a question in chat. Comma Trey J um, wants to know about the design on your nails. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's here. Little hard to see. Can we there see? There you go, them? chat. Yeah, um, they're a little vapory. They're fun. I, they're huh? just like they're just press on nails from a um, from a company called Gl Glam Mermaid. So it's Glam like Glam Mermaid. Oh, how yeah. fun! So, Glam yeah, so Glam Mermaid. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Glam Mermaid. Glam Mermaid. Glam Mermaid. It's a weird name. Um, so yeah, I just I recently got into them because I have um, like. The tendency to kind of pick at my cuticles and pick at my nails and it's like really bad <laughs> so but i found Damn. that when i wear these i don't do it at all which is awesome oh. and i can finally have nails that grow and that don't look awful so <laughs> anyway yeah they're kind of spacey and fun any thoughts on the detroit neo hypertronica scene oh. none of those words are in the bible um <laughs> I don't. I. I actually wait. The Detroit neo hypertronica scene. <laughs> yes. Is this a? I'm, I can't tell. Is this a real thing? Am I old? No. No, it's not a real thing. But what are your thoughts? 
You fucked with me with it the other week. You fucked with me with it the other week, too. Don't I was worry. like, oh, It was not no. just you. Don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, All right, real know, question. A real question is again. What late. are the... What are the what is the single best way for your fans to support you right now? Uh, just be open minded to all the new stuff. I you know I it I like gives it makes me nervous releasing like just taking this alias in a whole new direction. It's you know I'll be pretty clear like yeah you'll probably hear some vapor influence here and there, but I would not consider it vaporwave. Um, and if you do, great, that's awesome, love that, but. I uh it it's nerve-wracking ha- having amassed this audience of folks who really love the vaporwave work that I've done and I I love and appreciate every single one of you cuz I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now without you guys um but I hope that uh the stuff that comes out soon is also something you can appreciate uh and something that's up your alley and if it's not no hard feelings but right. at least give it a try one lo- one thing willing. I got to say I love about this scene is I feel like all of us are interested or have at least been exposed to experimental music. So yeah. how how Absolutely. How difficult can it be? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Totally. Yeah, I think um I think a lot of us are electronic music and pop music enjoyers, so as long as that is a con- excuse me, a consistent thing then right. I think it'll work out. All right. Well, before we have to wrap up, um, what is something that you think that would make this show better? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I want to see more recaps. I want to see you guys post recaps on your socials. I was actually just thinking about that. Like, you know, um, whether you uh, like like TikTok length videos. Yeah. Like uh, we've actually been we've been hit up by people offering their services in. Comp- compiling that sort of thing. Honestly, I I would love that. I think um, that's really smart. I, th- I think it would. Yeah. Take- of course, I have marketing brain right now. Yeah. Would that I knew how to do that album, sort of thing. But- <laughs> no, that's that's smart. Yeah, I, I think um, I think it would expose you guys to a whole new audience that may be really interested in what you guys do, uh, but may not know that you guys exist. Uh, I think that that would be really smart. It also kind of keeps people excited like um in between episodes you know like remembering oh yeah remember when that guest said that funny thing like i wonder what's right. gonna happen next time you know it's kind of yeah yeah well yeah, said stuff. yeah kind of like our, our beautiful little intro video that dsd did for us yeah, yeah that, that video rocks oh shout out DSD. yeah it, it's fun right yeah dsd is the fucking coolest it's a local homie right there um what musical artist stopped making music that you wish that you could revive Holy they don't crap. have to be dead. Great question. To be clear, just artists that you missed hearing music from. Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I was gonna say Pendulum, but they actually are it's still releasing music. Yeah. Uh, but I want them to go back 15 years ago and release that kind of music. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you want. <laughs> I want old Pendulum back. You want yeah. old Pendulum? Yeah. Oh man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're a big one. Um. Daft Punk? I feel like that's an obvious one, but... Uh... Oh no, I'm so bad at being put on the spot. I'm gonna think of things, like a million people who don't make music anymore, like after this is all done, and then be so right. upset that they didn't think of them. There the have moment. been some guests that yeah. have gone on Twitter and been like, actually, and like answered a question <laughs> yeah. later on. Feel free to do that. Yeah. I, I, I just might. I just might. 
What do you think is a fair price for an album or an EP or just a single, etc.? Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Depends on the amount of tracks, I think. Um, Agreed. You know, an EP... Also, is this like digital? Like digital pricing? That's or... a good question. Let's say... Maybe we do an album, digital or physical. Okay. Uh, so, okay. So let's say a full like 10 track album digitally. I mean... I, gosh, I... For me, I would say I'd I'd go as high for my music like fifteen to twenty bucks. Like that would be awesome. Although I don't think that digitally I would ever necessarily set a price. Right. I I, I think I would do. We're talking like lossless. Yeah. The good I, stuff. It's, it's it's hard for me to really put a price on 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 my digital music personally. Um, it's a question to be asked. Also, I mean, like you know. Yeah, it is tough. I think I think I would really. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to answer it. it. No, and, and and I also think that every artist should set. It's it's never going to be the same for it, every. It artist. really is there's, a there's case no by case basis. Answer. Yeah, and, and 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 I think that artists should be confident <clears throat> enough to set their own price because really, like, yes, agreed. You have to be able to value your time in like a tangible amount of dollars. You know, it's like. Yeah. It's kind of like what um, if you're like an artist and you're someone wants to commission you and they say what what are your rates and you say well it's it's going to be a thousand dollars, right? Pay it or don't pay it, you know, because yep. that's that's what my time is worth to me, and mm-hmm. there are people out there that will pay that, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, so I think it's it's wise to take a similar approach with music, but I think that what that amount is is going to be different for everybody. So, yeah. do you pay as much for EPs as you do albums? No, not typically. No, I don't. Same. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah, I think um, I think my general mo is like, and I this probably just harkens back to like early iTunes days is like a dollar a track. That's at, at yeah. the at, at the very minimum. I think that's you know? fair. That's fair. <clears throat> Especially if it's less than a half hour long. Come on. Yeah, I mean, if you want to ask for a specific price point, then just ask for it, and I'll probably pay it. But you know, if right. I'm going to be assigning value across the board like that, like yeah, pretty much everybody, whether it's my favorite artist or someone that I think is just okay, like I'm probably going to pay a dollar a track generally. I think that's fair. Reasonable. That's very yeah. reasonable. We are almost out of time, so we would like for you to take these last few minutes to showcase, shout out, or promote anything you want, or say anything you want. Oh boy. Okay. A lot of things coming, friends. If only if I only would I could that this tell episode you. were a week later. Oh, if only I could ah. tell you all. If only. Um so yeah, just honestly like keep an eye out for a lot of really big I'm announcing my announcements. You know what? It's it's fucking happening. Sorry guys. Right. Uh, a lot of big announcements coming in the the next week or so uh, and probably the next month actually. Uh, I'm I'm playing a few shows that are coming up in the LA area. Uh, July 2nd, we've got Prism Power, which is going to be happening during Anime Expo weekend. I'm actually on that lineup with uh, some good friends with Frank Jabsi, uh with Fiber. Nice. And nice. Um, all friends of the yeah. show. Very, very yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so please, uh, if you are in the LA area or if you're coming out for Anime Expo, uh, all the info uh, is on my Instagram, and you can buy tickets via my link tree. So check that out. 
Um, later, and that's uh, again, that's July 2nd, which I believe is a Sunday. Nice. Uh, Coming up here pretty soon. And then, yes. And then July 20th, Vapearer uh, is coming to town. Nice. Uh, he's com- he's Boy, coming to LA. a great show, doesn't he? He's great. He's mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm going to be on that bill uh, with our friend Enrail, which is going to be Love fun. that boy. Another friend of the yeah. show. You know, I don't know if we've ever actually been on a show lineup together besides like the tape swap, which Boy, is are crazy you in for case, fun. though. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, yeah, so July 2nd is Prison Power. July 20th is the Vape Bearer Show. And then August 5th, I believe. 5th? Yes. Is um, the Santa Ana Art Walk, which is in Orange County. Uh, and nice. that's, uh That was booked by uh, Alex, Trucks Passing Trucks from Pacific Plaza. Shout I out. believe it's going to be shout out. Yes, big shouts. Uh, it's going to be me, Earthboy Advance, and uh, Booty Wizard all playing DJ sets, and I believe Alex is also playing a set. Awesome. Um, so yeah, if you've never, if you're in the LA Orange County area, you've never been to the Santa Ana Art Walk. Come down; it's super fun. Um, good vibes, good music, and food. I believe good food as well. So <laughs> yeah, Alex just says time. there's an OC an OC show you can announce. An OC show. Wait, is he? I think he's talking about the one I'm thinking of. Is that delayed? Maybe, maybe he should. Maybe he should announce it. I'm confused. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty he sure also that linked is linked a couple of your albums in chat. You guys buy those albums, oh, run them up. Thank buy you. Those albums, yeah, I, and I believe we we've, we've got Heaven Cry vinyl. That oh, is, yeah, those are still go. in stock. So definitely go check those out via Pacific Plaza. Um, I think that's all the merch that I have for sale at the moment. But more merch is is definitely coming. Um, yeah, so three shows planned for the summer. Um. More stuff to be announced soon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Keep your it. keep your ear to the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'll just yep. I'll just go ahead and put out there if that's okay, Chris. I'll let you finish up tonight. Um, we got uh, the um, turn up for trans folk being put on by uh, Dreaming Diary, uh, formerly Sick. known as Digital Sex, coming up here next Sunday. Uh, twitch.tv slash dreaming diary it's gonna be me power pcme pursuing paradise uh, and a handful of great other people including of course dreaming diary himself uh with all donations going straight to the trevor project so support your your lgbtqia plus homies show up i believe it's 6 p.m eastern uh thank you lux for the link uh i've got a 20 minute kind of like down tempo deep house set uh some ground is lava some luzine um, oh, I love Ground is Lava. Oh my god. That's we an, gotta, that's we an artist talk. name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah. That's another like another thing that like speaks volumes about who you are is which Ground is Lava album is your favorite. <laughs> so we gotta chat. But yeah, opening with a Suicide Mission by Bath with Bath's beautiful, very dark song. Nice. And uh worked in a uh, a soft replica track, so I'm really excited about that. Uh that's next Sunday, six PM Eastern, twitch.tv slash streaming diary. Then in July the 29th we have Midwest Aesthetic with myself. Let's go. Yeah, Luxury Elite, Fire Tools, uh, Vape Error, Sound Market, and a lot of other great people that I can never seem to remember. So show up in Madison, Wisconsin, if you want to see a banger of a show. Um, don't know what I'm playing yet, but it's gonna it's gonna pop off. And then of course um, Helios Three, I believe, has not been announced quite yet. But Ming Curry and Strip Silence and a lot of other great people have been working hard on that. And I've got a 20-minute cloud wrap set coming out when that's announced. No no Young Lee, no Blady, no Bones, no Xavier Wolf. I managed to do 20 minutes 
of Cloud Rap without those guys, and I think it bangs. So Helios three. Um, and then like you said, other things being announced later on. Um, I think I, I have one more thing to to oh, show. Please, and please real go quick. ahead. Please, please, please. Uh, Randy Blaster three D. Oh game. yeah. <laughs> the game where you get to kill Vaporwave's most hated uh, <laughs> d- uh, pers- personality. The guy you love to hate. 3D <laughs> yeah, Blast. The, the guy we all love to hate. No. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. Randy Blaster uh, has been a, wow, an Lux, incredible passion project. That. Yes, thank you, Lux. Uh, on be- <laughs> Nano just goes, oh, great. Uh, <laughs> de- developed by our, our friend and... Uh, the love of my life, Nano Shrine, uh, and sound designed by yours truly. Um, so yeah, it's it's so much fun. It's like stupid how fun this game is. Uh, if you happen to play it and maybe uh, you know have a Twitch channel of your own and you stream it, please let us know. Uh, if you have general feedback on the game, and uh, please also let us know. There's a Discord you can join. Um, there's all kinds of manner of things related to randy blaster in uh, ways to get involved so um yeah please please check it out because it's been a huge huge passion project for us both so randy blaster 3d i was i was hoping that would come up yes <laughs> i had i remembered that and i was like oh no there's one more thing and it's a really big thing <laughs> it's a big one yeah all right skelly um finish it up tell us what's going on and then uh, tell us who our next guest is going to be uh so i got the i got a set for the helios uh thing as well by Ming curry that isaac mentioned uh, in addition to that, July 28th is the Eclipse Party, which is the Witch House Funk Wave and Dark Synth Party over at the 700 Club in Philadelphia, July 28th. And in addition to that, I believe the my remix of the Careful song Vertigo came out about a week ago. You can it check did. that out if you like. Great, cool. And in addition to that, I've got uh, new albums pretty much done. I just actually sent it over to uh, to uh, my buddy Price to so just listen to it tell me what he thinks of it. So we'll see what he has to say. And uh, it's really good. Really fucking cool shit. You're gonna like it. Really, really clamp casino. Shut up, be careful. Wavy. It's very good. Very That's good awesome. stuff. It's fucking awesome. Yes. You will see. And thank you for uh, being on the show, Data Girl. Yes, thank you for yeah, having me. It's been a great me. episode. Great. I can't believe how fast that went We've by. We've right? 40 viewers so all night long. Shout out, you guys. That was crazy. Yeah, thank Under you guys so, She's so much. engaging. Yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> Well, I don't um, think we have anyone we can raid, unfortunately. Um, right. 3D Blast is too busy in chat. So, yeah. uh, who's our next guest, Chris? <laughs> Ming Curry. Ming Curry. Fun. Mastermind. Fun. The 3rd of yes. July at 9 p.m. Eastern on the eve of, of Independence Day. Ming Curry on Hot Takes. Awesome. Just a reminder, everybody if you like Data Girl, go buy her things, go support her financially. If you like Hot Takes, we're not opposed to the same thing. Uh, exclamation point donate if you feel so so led. The spirit moves you, as Skelly would say. Um, and then, of course, don't forget to support each other. Your friends, your community, be good to each other. Uh, be honest with each other. And, uh, and, and give each other benefit of the doubt, right? Got a lot of exciting things coming up here pretty soon, so don't forget your community. And <laughs> we hope to see you guys in a couple weeks. Until then, sayonara. Bye. That's a hot...